Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 77, where we'll be covering Toe Jam and Earl. I am one of the hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron, hey guys, how's it going? How's it going? So, Aaron, I think this is the first show we've done in probably three or four, which has been the two of us. A little weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's like, you know, there's... It's like when you have a phantom limb. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Or maybe there's a phantom guest. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> They're here in heart, in spirit. Yes, in spirit. <laughs> cool. So, if any of you have a phantom limb, I apologize. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was potentially insensitive. <laughs> if you're missing a limb, I apologize. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you're like Toji Aminuro, maybe you have an extra limb anyway. An extra leg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, so we're going to be covering this game. Very, uh, I don't know. I can't pretend it was a cult classic. I don't really know if I agree with that, but... Uh, I think it's uh, one of the one of the more known games for the Genesis for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it, we'll get into it later, mm-hmm. but um, if you grew up with it, you definitely remember it. <laughs> and some people, it's in their blind spot. I I don't know. It's it's just kind of weird. I think Sega um, wanted it to be one of their flagship you know mascot titles, but then Sonic kind of came along and everything changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything changed. <laughs> well, uh, so how you been, Aaron? You've been keeping busy. I know oh, you got man. your got your cool new music stuff, your guitar, and yeah, it was okay. So I played South by Southwest uh, earlier this week, and I guess last Monday. Yeah, wow, so long ago now. But uh, yeah, I got to play South by Southwest, um, and it was for a kind of a chiptune festival that hasn't happened in about three years called. Uh, square by square wave and uh this was the sixth well annual i'd call it annual but they haven't done it in a while <laughs> but uh, i got to open up it was the first time i would played that that fest and uh i opened up the first day and um you know it it went really well i played a 25 minute set i uh, had my sonic themed guitar which is Very you cool. know it's not officially a Sonic themed guitar, but I added decals, and yeah. I feel like it's it's a, it's an SX liquid, and it's it's kind of shaped like one. Yeah, and I've been having a blast with you playing guitar because it gives me someone to uh, nerd out with over guitar <laughs> tech. And yes, <laughs> we've been sending pictures back and forth. <laughs> it's been a blast. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I got a I got a guitar strap, and uh, I'd wanted the um, kind of the way the ground looks in Sonic the Hedgehog. And so I picked the HTML colors exactly based on some <laughs> screenshots. Now, they might have been from an emulator. Maybe they were off. I sent them to the, the place uh, to get the custom graphics done. And it still looks great. But when I look at it now, it looks more orange than anything. <laughs> <laughs> a little less brown, a little more orange, which is okay. Yeah. Maybe to some people, the ground in Sonic is orange. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I bet, but I, bet, I think that kind of happens anyways with a checkerboard pattern where it kind of combines the two colors into one, which is, I guess, what the intent was yeah. anyway in Sonic was, we're going to give you the illusion of more colors. I'm I'm such a creature of habit with my stuff. I think I, I, I've told Aaron in the past that I'm using the same guitar strap I did back when I was in high school. It's this, uh, it's this white lightning bolt on a on a Gibson guitar strap, and I've never even owned, oh, nice. never even owned a Gibson guitar. I kind of I bought it at a uh, local Sam Goody many many years <laughs> ago, and it's uh it's very reminiscent of like what Rivers from Weezer wore back in the day. Yeah. It's not as uh, nice, oh. but um, I need to buy another That's, one because I'm I'm scared to death it's uh, just gonna rip. <laughs> you know, well, the, this custom uh, graphics, I think it's like Strap Graphics or something. Uh, they like they're uh. 
they're very, very nice. It's very comfortable on my shoulder. Unlike my last strap, which just kind of digs in because it's not, it's just not, it, it's, I don't know what the material is, but it's just like one of those cheap straps that's just not very comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And I'd start getting like redness <laughs> on my shoulder and that wasn't cool. <laughs> uh, but my, my show went well. Um, you know, I kind of have a, a line six set up my buddy sold to me so it's like an amp i also get a cabinet and then i have like a a, a board with all sorts of effects um and it it worked great and then i have my Sega genesis hooked up i have my songs i can queue up and then i play along with them and in some cases i sing so that's that's kind of my deal and yeah. i then I'm, I'm playing my first big show here in town like i've never Never done a headlining show. I've played some shows around here, but never, um, definitely never headlining. And that's happening in San Antonio. Um, so I'm super excited. Yeah. A little nervous, but uh, I've played enough shows to where it's like I know the things that are out of my control and things that are within my control. So I work on the latter, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And just, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to try and go crazy because sometimes like before a show or something, you're like, oh, well, I should try this. And you tr you try to introduce too many new things yeah, yeah. and everything just kind of comes crashing down. Um, one of the new things is I have a drummer for this show, which I've never had before. And it's my friend Ryan from high school. And um, my first band out of high school, he, he was in it. Uh, so it's really interesting cause he went on to be on, in some metal bands and, uh, he's, he's a great drummer, yeah. but, uh, this has been a new experience for him because, you know, I've already got tracks with drums in them. So he's learned some of my drum parts <laughs> and I'm like, well, you can kind of, you know, explore the space, do, do your own thing. And yeah. so like, I'd have to go back into these songs I wrote for the Sega Genesis or whatever. And then I'd have to like pull the drums out and send him like drumless versions of these songs. So he could put in his own fills and stuff. So yeah. it's it, been a very interesting experience. And like you said, things under your control. It, it's it's tough sometimes when you're in a new place with, uh, you never know how loud the drums are going to be and where you're going to stand on the stage. Yeah. Like I, I've learned to like stand on certain areas, like away from my amp or um, like here recently at the church I play at, we've added a couple of new members. So the stage is just packed with people. So I've actually, I've actually been using the house. Never enough monitors. Oh, exactly. No, exactly. So I, you I need monitors. I'm, I'm very easy to get along with when I play music. So I, I lent a new guy in my monitor and I just stepped off to the side and I listened to the house <laughs> mix from my monitor. So I just, it's just, it all depends on how I turn and stuff. So that's, yeah. that's good. Cause yeah. So the, the only problem I had um, playing at this fourth tap place in Austin was that I forgot to ask him to um, mic my my cab. So no, yeah. it was great. Uh, there was a monitor under the table where my Sega Genesis sat, and I and I got some of that mix. But if I stepped away, <laughs> um, I couldn't hear anything from the guitar amp. So like I would have to fight the urge to like step on the the volume pedal to crank the volume up because. Uh, you know, I, I'd crank the volume up on the, the amp, but there was no house mix to the amp because it wasn't mic'd up. Yeah. Yeah. So what the audience was getting was literally whatever I was cranking out of the of the cabinet. So And that's eh. tough. And depending on where the audience are standing, how much of the how much of the amp they're getting, what side of the room they're on and stuff. So Hey, you know, it seemed seemed to go okay. Uh I, I got positive feedback. Yeah. Uh 
from from the people who were there. That's and, all uh, <laughs> Yeah, and the organizer was like, "You did really good," uh, you know. And he, another friend of mine was playing an opening slot the next day, and he did awesome. So I was like, "Hopefully, this means we won't get stuck with opening slots next time." <laughs> Now that he knows what we can actually yeah. do. <laughs> but uh, one of the cool things, again, uh, was that, like, I, my friend, um, my friend Sana showed up and she took a little bit of, she took some pictures and some video. And there's, like, a few snippets of video. And I posted it to my Instagram. And um, once again, Andrew WK just randomly <laughs> commented <laughs> on that. Uh, it, it was the first time I'd played and sung guitar um from a live audience in a long time to be honest um and you know with that it's a very heavy rock track basically yeah. uh so it was it was pretty cool so i have to get andrew wk I'm on the show one day <laughs> <laughs> right just be like what's your favorite you know favorite game uh yeah that would, that would be cool so yeah um that is going to be fun so yeah. a lot of a lot of things in motion, I guess. That's cool, man. But um, nothing that are really going to affect this show, but just exciting developments That's awesome, that man. I can, I, I hope I can keep pursuing. Like I admit, like I'm a keyboard player first and a guitarist <laughs> second. I'm not going to make any bones about that. Um, so I'm just going to keep on developing and working on what I can do. <laughs> yeah, very cool. I know this morning we. Uh... Of course, it was St. Patrick's Day, so I uh, haven't played it in a while. But I brought out my old mandolin, played some played some uh, mandolin tunes. <laughs> it's it's always awkward because I'm a you know I'm a metalhead by by uh, history, and I love hard rock. And here here I come bringing out this tiny little mandolin, playing some bluegrass tunes. <laughs> but uh, it's gotta fun. change it up sometimes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been a keyboardist for geez, fifteen years at least, uh, twenty years. I don't know. It's been. <sighs> I'm feeling old. My my daughter just turned ten. I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So you know when you when you go, oh, ten years ago, oh, that's twenty years ago now. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good to change things up. But enough about that. Let's keep on going. Anything going on with you lately? Uh, kids are starting baseball. I just dropped a ton of money on new bats and gloves and bags and all this other junk. But uh, love baseball season. It's my favorite. So. Uh, pretty pumped my uh, youngest is six and uh he just evaluated to be moved up into coach's pitch because he's played t-ball for so long so I, oh, th- cool. I think it went pretty well he he's been hitting a pitch for two years he can catch pretty well so that's cool and then my oldest is going into kids pitch for the first year so i'm teaching him how to pitch and you know showing him that old greg maddox way um, atlanta braves timmy T- timmy mac knows what i'm talking about he's my braves buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to timmy mac but uh yeah so nice. excited about that teaching him some stuff there but uh yeah i just love the weather is starting to get nice again in west virginia it's uh it's been hovering around 50 to 60 degrees here lately so it's starting to turn into spring so we've been getting outside doing a little bit more instead of just playing Fortnite all day in the house <laughs> um, but yeah it's cool and then um music front i'll show aaron i'm building a new pedal board we were talking about our guitars recently, so uh, I had this massive pedal board forever, and um, just a lot of sure, waste. That was fine to carry around. Oh, I was miserable, and the electric... a lot of extra junk you didn't need. Exactly, and the electric went out on the board, so I bought just a plain white framed uh, board that you can run cables underneath, which is going to clean it up a lot. And I uh, I got rid of a couple of my old pedals that are huge and bought these little Donner. Uh, I was telling you about those, Aaron. The little like almost mini pedals, and uh, they only yeah, run... they're like what forty. 
50 bucks yeah maybe? yeah they sound great i got a, a reverb pedal it's got a lot of modulation i do a lot um whenever we play slow songs i'll do a lot of just kind of ambient type stuff where i i uh, turn on heavy delay turn that mod on and then i volume swell just to kind of get like a nice little uh you know atmospheric sound it's not really even playing guitar in my opinion i i hit a chord when there's no volume and i just swell the volume you get in. the nice dire straight sound yeah nice. yeah <laughs> So that's kind of cool. Mark Knopfler um, sound. Yeah. Of course, I, I bought this new volume pedal that's tiny. Um, I don't know that I like it yet. Not very much crush it. But because I used to have the uh, Morley little ag- alligator, Steve Vai one. But uh, yeah, so that's always fun to do. Did, did you get that Dying Cat Genesis need, guitar pedal yet? I need to make that. Like, like <laughs> I, I had a couple pedals that made some interesting sounds, but never the Dying Cat sound. <laughs> that's the sound of your battery dying on your. <laughs> If you don't have power going, you know, through an adapter. Which, you know, a lot of times when you use those power, um, you get a little hiss at the end of your string. I bought bought a little Donner, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's it's a noise gate, but I can't remember what they called it. But it's it's great. It's got a skull on it, but uh, it's been uh, canceling that hum pretty well. Because I like a... I have three different distortion pedals on my, on my pedal board, which is crazy. Ooh. Yeah, I got a like a hard rock one. I got a kind of an overdrive, and I use one just for a volume boost when I play solos. That way, I don't have to worry about the sound guy turning me on and up again. Like you mentioned, things under your control. <laughs> yes, nothing worse than cutting out to a solo and no one can hear you. So I, uh, <laughs> I, I kick that thing pretty hard and go for it. <laughs> I, I'm more of like. Um, let's turn the volume down so you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Or like a, the hard part is when I write a solo, and it's harder than something I can actually play. So that's why I'm just like, I'm gonna let the Sega Genesis solo, <laughs> and I'm going to play rhythm right here. There you go. <laughs> and then if there's a quiet section, I will play an easier solo. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting more comfortable playing solos. But not like, uh, you know, 150 BPM it's flying past and just like, I can't play those arpeggios. That, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of a guitar. Like if you, if you're, if you hit the wrong note and if, if it's a little recognizable, just bend it a little bit more and get the right note. Yes. <laughs> I've done Slide that. over. I've play done one that. wrong note. Shame on you. Play two wrong notes. It's jazz. But the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big issue with me is I, I use a lot of delay on some of my songs. So if you hit one bad note with a delay on, <laughs> it takes a few oh, seconds. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> it takes a few seconds for it to... Just like cancel. Yeah. The show's canceled. Yep. <laughs> Man, we should have started... Because then it just, ring- it just keeps ringing out. Like, no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't get to it fast enough. I have a real cool delay pedal Rob Luther actually gave me when I met him down in uh, Tennessee. It's got the tap tempo on it. So like whenever, oh, nice. the, whenever the band starts to get a little... A little faster, slower. I can just tap with the be the song. Very cool. But anyways, oh, I guess uh, awesome. guitar, guitar podcast. Sorry, guess. Yes. <laughs> get this excited. I, I like to nerd out about guitar, Genesis so. Guitar Cast. Genesis. Yeah. Gibson Gems. No. Anyways, we are the Genesis Gems podcast. If you guys yes. want to check us out, uh, find we've us. almost forgotten. We have. Uh, I got to pull my outline back up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can check us on the web at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Uh, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Genesis Gems Podcast. Join our Facebook group where most of the interaction happens at facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems. Send us an email at Genesis Gems Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gen Gems. Uh, we're on iTunes, on Stitcher. We are on Anchor FM, which is our newest uh, kind of podcast hosting service, whatever you call that. So go check it out. You're probably hearing some ads every now and then, uh, which we're trying to do a humor spin to them so they don't sound so... Uh, 
not too professional. So I have, I have my wife run one, which that, that adds actually, uh, it ran its course, which is, uh, pretty cool. They run their course and, uh, you get a little, a little proceed from that. And there's still one out there for anchor that I'm doing uh, as of today. So hope you guys don't mind that too much. We're not going to try to flood it with that, but, uh, wanted to kind of get that out there. And, um, also we are on Patreon. Uh, if you yeah. want to check us out there, it's uh patreon.com slash Genesis gems. And I'd like to say a big thank you to those patrons. Um, and all it takes guys is a dollar a month. Um, you're going to get a special episode every month, whether it's about, uh, Sega CD or game gear, or just us talking about some of our favorite games. We like to keep, kind of keep that a little fluid just so we, um, you know, just, just so we can have a good time and throw some more stuff out at you guys. But we've always, uh, we, we're, We've kept that up pretty well. I've thrown some extra content out there if we've ever been late, just to kind of give you guys a little, uh, um, little something extra to, to bite on. But we have different tiers. But one dollar a month is the lowest. You get, uh, I think we got fourteen or fifteen episodes out there now. Yeah. So you, you got a nice little uh, library of stuff to, to go check out. So get check it out at uh, Patreon.com/slash/JustinGems. But I would like to say a big thank you to the current patrons. We got Chris Vanderhoff and James Walter, Joseph Gariff, Joseph Gariff, sorry, Jared Adams, Kaylee Tikich. Daniel Newton, Geekvolution, Timothy McGowan, Tyler J, Chad Clark, Laurent Giroux, Michael Hayes, Chris Fox, Otto Gregerson, Jim Jones Jim, Brandon Petty, Rob, Andrew Coed, Stephen Godvich, Jonathan Henderson, Gabe Van Gilder, Ian McGarry, Classic Gaming Quarterly, Cutta, Bastian Ocera, Barnaby Jones, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Retro Blist, Andy Layton, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, Mighty Matt D, and Michael. Thank every one of you for being a Jim. Uh, definitely appreciate that. We, um, we're going to be redoing some of the Patreon stuff in the future. Uh, stay tuned for that because with this Anchor FM, like I mentioned, we're going to be honest. We the whole hundred dollars a month thing is not is not the truth. I'm, I'm hung on to Podomatic for a little while just to make sure this all worked out well. But in the next few months, we are going to try our best to just be more open with that. Um, so just keep that in mind. But anyways, go check it out. Patreon.com/slash Genesis Gems. So with that. Our next segment will be the Sega Snippets. Tap one, two. Sega! Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Yeah, so Aaron, what have you been doing gaming lately? We kind of, <laughs> I know we changed this yeah. up a while back, just we don't have to just talk about Sega stuff, but anything gaming-wise? Uh, yeah, gaming-wise, gaming, gaming wise, the only game I've really gotten to play much of besides the show we're featuring, I mean, the game we're featuring on the show is actually a sequel to the game we're featuring, which just came out yeah. earlier in March here, 2019, which is Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove. And if you like the first game at all, <laughs> and if you like, there, there's some mechanics thrown in from two and three, but this is really like, I feel like it's the sequel that they wanted to make all along, but yeah. were kind of hamstrung by publishers, <laughs> Sega, and <laughs> and now free of those constraints, and I, you know, I I think I think they were originally going to be published by Adult Swim, but that fell through. But uh, this was a Kickstarter game and a uh, success, and there w- were some delays, but it finally did come out, and I've had a really good time with it, and I think we're actually going to cover that game on our next Patreon episode to kind of tie in. And that's part of the reason why we're doing this episode is to tie in with the release of that game. So super exciting stuff. Um, I've just brief overview. I grabbed it on the digital PS4 store front and 
just been playing it with my kids the past couple weeks and having a blast. It's only yeah. two player offline co-op, but you can go four player online. And I think they're working on trying to get four player couch co-op. So excited for that. Uh, besides that, Nick and I actually got online for the first time through yeah. Parsec. The Parsec streaming service allows you to play games with people across the globe. Um, and it's almost like using TeamViewer, but for games. So you're viewing someone else's screen, but what happens is it's adding an input onto that person's computer that's f- coming from the remote person's controller. So it's kind of tricking your system into thinking that the second person is connected locally when they're not. So we were able to go into Retro Arc or Retro Arch and play some Sega Genesis. So we played some Toe Jam and Earl, uh, and we, we tried out a few more games before Nick got, uh, he went into dad mode, started getting sleepy. <laughs> I got very sleepy. <laughs> Turned to sleepy Nick, Nick at night. That doesn't, yeah, it so, happens pretty quick. <laughs> getting old. I've been there. Yeah, or like, you know, I, I was playing Toe Jam and Earl by myself earlier, and I just paused the game and took a nap. <laughs> and and thankfully, you know, I didn't hear the wake up. <laughs> Although my kids have done that before. Yeah. Um, That's when I feel the guiltiest. It's like middle of the day. My kids are just hanging out and I just fall asleep. <laughs> it's like an hour right? and a half later. Like, oh, did I just really go to sleep? <laughs> did that happen? Yeah. Or like the kids want me to play Minecraft with them. And that game just, oh, that one yeah. always puts me in a sleepy mode. And I think it's the ambient music. Yeah. But I just kind of go into a trance, and I'm like, I can't. Oh I've done, no, I've done that. It's with, happening. I've done that with, Fort, with Fortnite. Like my my kids play that, <laughs> and they always want to hide before you know until the game gets real. Yes, and I just so it gets intense where you start have to go so towards boring. the circle. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm I'm snoring, and my kids are like, Daddy, wake up! <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, game. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Toe Jam and Earl, I haven't got that yet because I pre-ordered it on uh, Limited Run Games because I wanted the physical copy. Uh, yeah, and I, I don't. I always, always kind of debate that because now I'm like, I want to play it, but I don't want to buy it twice. And a lot of people will buy yeah, it twice. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh. I kind of wish they just, for the fact that you're getting a physical yeah. copy, that you would get a digital copy. But I can see where some people would just take advantage of that, and they might try and sell their digital key. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of get it. Which I had that kind of happen with Sonic Mania. My, uh, my, um. And luckily, that was a digital copy. I, I had that collector's edition come in, and I, I, it was late, so I, I bought the uh, the digital game on the eShop that day. And then when I got the physical copy, I actually or the the collector's edition that came with a, a, a card, and I, uh, I I think we gave it away on the show actually, so use it as a giveaway. But yeah, not not this time. But uh, yeah, as far as I go, um, I've been keeping very close track of my 2019 game list I've talked about. <laughs> So uh, in February, I did beat God of War, which was one of my favorite games on the PS4. Very cool. Uh, they brought in Norse mythology, which I was very surprised about, you know, bringing in Thor and Odin and all that kind of stuff. So that was very cool. Well, you know, you killed all the other gods. Yeah. You gotta yeah. kind of come up with some... <laughs> yeah. well, and, and the thing was, I didn't play much. Of, I played in one, and I didn't touch two or three. I think yeah, I, played... I beat one. I never beat two. I think uh, I've played a bit of three, but they were always those ones where it's like I couldn't play them around the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I played one on the PSP, but the uh, one on the PS4, it, it just kind of throws you into the story. And of course, Kratos has a son, 
um, real cool twist at the end of the game. I, I would never give that away here. I was kind of jaw was dropped, but uh, it was a very, very cool. It. Yeah, very, very cool. And it's more of a behind the back, behind the shoulder kind of game. So it kind of reminded me of playing like Uncharted with some beat em up aspects. And uh, I don't know, there, there was parts. It never breaks, right? So it never breaks the camera angle. No, yeah. No, it never cuts away. Exactly. And I like that. Just graphics were cool the 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 axe he had where he could throw it and it comes back to him was cool um i don't know i just really enjoyed that game it's i didn't think i'd like it that well a buddy at work kept telling me i needed to play it and he finally just brought it in and handed it to me he goes you're playing this game i said okay so, so if, you, if you put kratos in golden axe how do you think he he'd fare <laughs> i think he'd fare pretty good <laughs> <laughs> i love that you think he's the last boss or would he be one of the playable characters i hope he'd be a playable character <laughs> Especially if you can use the uh where there's the chaos blades with <laughs> the chains. Those things are sticking awesome. Do do you think like he would actually take a nap and, and let the elves jack magic from him? <laughs> I don't think he would. Or would there be like the blood spilled you know, everywhere? Just like <laughs> blood everywhere and there's just <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you just you just see like the carnage of these poor elves. <laughs> Well, in, in the, the conversation between him and his son in the game is hilarious. He just keeps calling him, boy, hey, boy. <laughs> it's like, I think that became a meme, too. Yeah, I'm sure it did because he said it like 20,000 times. But yeah, it's good. If you guys haven't played that, go check it out. Some of the other games I played, um, there was an old, I don't know if it started on the iOS or the or the DS eShop, but uh, uh, the game Gunman Clive. I don't know if you've played that before, Aaron. Um, uh, I think I've heard of it. Didn't it have, did it have a sequel also? Yeah, yeah. So the, the, the Switch version, it's like six bucks or something it's got uh the first game and the second game it's a very very much like a slower Mega Man type game it's got the hand-drawn graphics where i don't know it it looks like the all the drawings are kind of shifting and stuff it's very cool art style um i played it on the ios and the controls weren't great but once i got out here on the switch i actually beat the first one um it's a very quick game but um very challenging at times but it's got like huge boss battles and you're basically like this guy the well yeah it's kind of like a western but they throw in some i'm a steampunk type uh scenarios it's a very cool um i beat the first one i'm working on the second one now but uh yeah other than that that was kind of my games for february now now i'm starting on uh, resident evil 2 for playstation 4 so that game's been really cool um yeah it's a remake so it's new graphics it's kind of got the resident evil 4 behind the back but it's it's not quite as easy as resident evil 4 like i run out of bullets all the time (laughs) and i gotta I, i have like 20 different save spots in it right now because I'm scared I'm used to my bullets early on. So I've been saving it like every other minute. But um, I just ran into Tyrant or Mr. X, whatever you call him. And that he is so annoying. He follows you around everywhere. And you just, the game's so quiet. And all of a sudden you hear these footsteps. You're like, oh, great. Where's he at? <laughs> so. I've heard there's ways to mitigate like the run-ins you have with him. There's certain things that trigger yeah. him to pop more. And I think it's funny that someone modded the game to turn him into Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. There's some weird like glitches in that game I've seen <laughs> online, too, where like the faces are swapped between the zombies and, and uh, Leon and crap. But, uh, but I've heard it simultaneously retains the spirit of the original game while amping up the difficulty and making some, some modern-day changes to yeah. it that are pretty interesting. Definitely some quality-of-life type changes for sure i'm I'm enjoying it though i uh i I put about three or four hours into it and i I heard the you know to to beat one of the stories doesn't take very very much time so hopefully i can get through that and then start the claire redfield story i kind of like how they kept that too they kind of let you do the two different paths 
Yeah. Yeah. Just just cool. I, I haven't last Resident Evil game I played was Resident Evil two on my Dreamcast. So wow. I, I just you didn't play four? Uh, well, no, I'm just saying recently oh, okay. I, I fired up okay. Resident Evil 2 again on my Dreamcast. I have four on my PS3 right now, and four is, is really good. It's it's kind of the, the shift in tone where it's like it starts off real scary, and then it's just more of an adventure game. Yeah. And then five and six completely oh, lose God. the plot, and then seven is like a return to form uh, along with like Revelations, and then we have this this cool remake. Yeah, yeah Revelation games are really good. I uh, I haven't played this. Not only played a little bit of the second one, but I beat the first one a few times. But yeah, this game. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm a big Resident oh, Evil fan. To, to tie it back into Sega, uh, <laughs> real quick, like I like to do. There is currently a Resident Evil fan-made, isometric perspective type game being made for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, where is right that? Now. I, I saw that screenshot you posted. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let me see where it is <laughs> right now. Power There's a gameplay from 2018. Maybe if I just type 2019, I, I swear there was another uh, news article about it. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're, they've got a, a Patreon up now for support. I'm sure they're not going to call it Resident... Oh, they're calling it BioEvil. That's right. BioEvil. But, yeah. So, but it, it kind of reminds me the art style in the isometric perspective, remind me a little bit of Haunted, uh, starring Haunting, starring Poltergeist. So that that kind of detail. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if if you liked Resident Evil, which I know many of us did, I'm I'm hoping that they don't try to do tank controls on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> personally, just give me some decent. I know it's an isometric perspective, but let me walk up and down, left, right, like a normal right. human being. Is that right? I, I mean, my brain is not set up to be isometric, so please just let me. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? That's just how I feel. Agreed. <laughs> that kind of excites me. Like, I I may be one of the few people that really enjoyed uh, the Resident Evil, was it Gaiden on Game Boy Color? Did you ever play yeah. that? I actually really enjoyed that game. No, I think I was just so disappointed that the planned Game Boy Color remake of or you know release of Resident Evil 1 never came out and, yeah. and instead they put that out um I never really played my I played like maybe 20 minutes of that one it's got a cool like turn-based battle system I don't know it's very unique yeah like uh it's almost like they were trying to go back to the game that inspired Resident Evil uh which was Sweet Home yeah, so yeah. that's that's pretty cool yeah I, I need to fire I never beat that I need to fire it up again one day but yeah cool all right, man. Well, I think that would probably do it for Sega Snippets, and we can go right yeah. into every all the fans' favorite segment in the world. This is Ask Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. And he will answer them if he wants to. So, guys, if you want to ask Aaron a question, make sure you join our Facebook group. Uh, we are limiting this to 10 questions a show because we realized that uh, shows were just starting to creep up a little bit. The questions were getting a little longer and longer every time. So we want to, you know, just respect the show and everything and get that out there as quick as we can. But uh, we did have, I think we hit 10 and everyone just kind of. We hit 10. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, off. okay. <laughs> yeah, so we can just go right through this stuff. It's uh, cool. And if you have questions that don't hit that 10 
that 10 mark or questions after that, you can always email us at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. And I will be happy to answer any questions there, or we can save them for the next episode, whichever you would prefer. Absolutely. Very cool. So our first question, I apologize if I pronounced the name wrong, comes from Sasan Sahati. The question is, which Genesis model is the one to go to? Obviously not the Genesis 3, but between the first two versions, the answer is a bit trickier. I think you've maybe answered this a few times in the past, Aaron, but it's always a good one to go back to. Yeah, uh, and, and that's okay because you know opinions evolve over time, yep. and I'm no different as new information comes along. And I would still say stick with the Model 1 Sega Genesis if you can. The non-TMSS version is preferred because that's the one that does not lock out certain games. And also, I think that's the one that has the superior sound quality as far as the chip goes. Because Sega started to change the sound chips inside around a little bit. Yeah. So if you can find that model, that's my personal favorite. And I like the fact that it has a volume rocker, has a volume switch that you can kind of move along in between zero and 11. <laughs> uh, well, 10 actually. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I like that. It has a headphone port and it has stereo sound if you go out of that port. If you go out the back, it's mono. And on the Sega Genesis Model 2, you'd have to mod it to get stereo sound. Otherwise, it's mono, even though many Sega Genesis games were made with stereo in mind. <laughs> uh, Toe Jam & Earl is not one of them, unfortunately. It's a mono <laughs> game. That's okay. Um, and the Model 3 is also in mono. So, but... You know, yeah, I want, I, I, want, I want one of those CDX systems. <laughs> yeah, the CDX is pretty cool. The uh, my my buddy's got one of them. I used to I used to have one. I th- I think I might have sold him mine. I can't remember. Yeah. I can't remember Jesse, but uh, <laughs> I think he might might have ended up with mine. And it's pretty solid. There are a few little quirks with it. The sound isn't quite as beefy as the Model One. Uh, kind of like the the Nomad. But, and I, I think you can put some wear and tear on the, the CD drive when yeah, you're playing sure. games off that. Uh, I think it, it doesn't handle burnt discs quite as well. Um, so those can mess up the drive. But that's kind of stuff I've read from people on forums. So take that as you will. It's not an official statement. Okay, so moving on. Moving on. Andy. Yeah, who's up? Andy Lewis, right? Andy Lewis. Yeah, Andy asks, were you surprised to learn that Michael Jackson actually had a hand in creating music for Sonic 3, or were you one of those people that knew all along? When I was a kid, I I knew there was some sort of Michael Jackson influence in the Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog games, but I think that was just a rumor for years until things like YouTube came along where you could actually hear people compare the music um and it doesn't shock me all that much considering saw considering michael jackson was a huge fan of sega so that that doesn't shock me um as to the amount of involvement he had i 
so I think it's slightly overblown, only because I think it was more if his sound team was in, involved, and I think they they might have backed out or something. There were songs made. The way Michael Jackson would write music, though, um, was to record stuff into like a voice message, and then someone who would listen to it would go, okay, so he's he's recording. Okay, this is the bass line, right? This is the drum part. This is the melody. And then someone would take that and then they would start transcribing it into yeah. a tune. It's not that he ever learned how to program FM music <laughs> on a Sega Genesis. That's where I draw the line. That never happened. <laughs> I think his sound team wrote some songs um, and maybe some stuff from him. And then they gave it to the sound team from Japan and Howard Drossen, who was hired to write stuff too. And I think from Sega America. And some of that stuff made it into the game. But I don't know how much personal involvement Michael Jackson had in that. What you do hear is songs that ended up on future Michael Jackson albums and stuff that was on bad and I think well I think mostly dangerous also there are a few things uh, like the song jam where there's like this break that happens and you hear that in song the hedgehog 3 also and so I want to say that that's definitely there and there's a few other things like somewhere in Moscow um, that you can hear it was in Sonic 3 first and then ended up in that song later. <laughs> so, so some interesting connections that instead of me trying to remember everything, I would recommend you guys go out there and check out some of the videos on the subject and um, decide for yourself because it's really, it's really interesting and there's no super clear-cut answer. Yeah, for sure. Which I don't think Andy's question was that. I think it was more like, did you know about this? And to be completely honest, no. Uh, I just, I think I happened upon it just like everybody else where it started popping up um, in gaming articles. Yeah, I know we had a similar discussion on the uh, group page. Yeah, a lot of back and forth of... I kind of, I kind of was kidding. I'm like, yeah, Michael Jackson had a part in it, but uh, a lot of people kind of throw that off as a huge myth. And this is just really because someone was asking why Sonic Three wasn't in the latest Genesis uh, collection that came out. And, and I think we kind of said maybe it was because of some rights issues yeah. with the music, um, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's all speculation. So. But uh, yeah, good answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you. Next question. Which I thought this was funny. I actually put a little meme after it. Uh, Brandon Mark Betty asked, if you could have world peace or all the Sega games in the world, where would you store them all? <laughs> I think if I had all the Sega games, then maybe I could get all these countries to agree that, you know, Sega's great and we should yeah, get along. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh, yeah, where would I store all the Sega games? That's an easier <laughs> one to answer. Um, I'd have to get a new place for sure because my apartment is not the biggest. So I, I have a built-in bookshelf, but it's kind of where my studio stuff sits. So I've got my studio monitors, I've got my keyboard, and I've got like a few shelves devoted to books. 
Um, but I don't really have a super ton of room anymore for um, Sega collections like I used to. I mean, when I had a big Sega game collection, like I had a giant bookshelf. I had shelves devoted just to Sega Genesis games and box games. And I think I had uh, at least 100 and, at least 120 Sega Genesis games. And then I had like 40 Sega CD games. I had about 60 Sega Saturn games, you know, Game Gear, so on. Um, but, you know, got married, sold all that stuff. Happens <laughs> just, fast. Just kind of what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Life comes at you yeah. fast. Yeah. That's why I'm we're, we're uh, house shopping, and I'm looking forward to having some space again because I got so much junk in boxes, and I just want to want to have a place to to kind of show it all off again. So. Cool. So uh, Josh Josh Ballard's next. He asks, "What is your favorite arcade game that was ported to the Genesis?" Ooh, my favorite arcade game that was ported to the Genesis. That's a great question. And uh, let me think about it here, because. Oh, my favorite arcade port. I think I'm trying to think of all the arcade ports because you've got Altered Beast, you've got Golden Axe, um, you've got hmm, <laughs> Streets of Rage games were not ports to the Genesis specifically. I thought Mercs was really solid, but it was only one player. Yeah. There are like some really, really good ports. And then you play them, and you're like, why is this only one player? <laughs> Space Harrier uh, 2 Kiki was always good. Yeah, Space Harrier. I think it was Space Harrier 2. Yeah, yeah. The Afterburner port is really solid. Uh, Outrun. So <laughs> Outrun was super solid. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I might just stick with Golden Axe or Outrun because um, it's hard for me to think what other games. Uh, I thought NBA Jam we've covered before was super, super solid. The only thing they couldn't get right on the Genesis version was the facial recognition. So everyone kind of looks the same. <laughs> but the game moves great. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. So uh, there's there's a ton of arcade ports that I'm I'm missing I'm sure things like uh, there, there's some space shooters that reported um, to the Sega Genesis that were were really solid so don't take my word for it go check them out that's right else was good um, Fire Shark's good oh here's my favorite port I just thought it just popped into my head. <laughs> Gauntlet 4. Oh, you love that game, don't you? <laughs> My favorite arcade port on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> and maybe the Japanese version of Marble Madness, but let's just say Gauntlet 4. And, we need, and we, need go to, for that. we need to cover Gauntlet 4 this year, don't we? That needs to just yeah, happen. Yeah, we, we do. I've got a list of games that we need to cover. I've never played it on Genesis. I've played many Gauntlet games, but I've never so played it. It's, it's funny because in Japan, it's just called Gauntlet. But over here, they put the four on it because there were three slash four gauntlet games released before yeah, that. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, well, maybe we should slap four on there because there were technically <laughs> those games. But it's not really. It's really just the first gauntlet game plus some extra modes. Gotcha. Yeah. That's cool. That's one we can do on Parsec, I think. Yeah, we need to do more of that. That was fun. And hopefully, guys, the, those of you who didn't get to watch it live will try to... Uh, 
announce a little better in the future. We just were testing things out, so we'll we'll get a little better at that. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next question comes from our dungeon dweller, Nick DeMarco. Speaking of gauntlet, uh, <laughs> Nick DeMarco says, good for you, celebrating the metal musings of that wagon. So Aaron, in the picture that we posted for Ask Aaron, uh, he's doing some uh, metal horns with the uh, picture of a real pretty wagon on some orange uh, paint that, wall. That's a, a yeah. I was at this restaurant nearby my place that I'd never been to, and this was like I was up for. I think some friends of mine were streaming, uh, local friends. They're like, "Hey, let's meet up at this Mexican restaurant at like six in the morning." I'm like, uh, "Okay," and I didn't sleep. I just stayed up, and so that's <laughs> me like not going to sleep. <laughs> rocking out though i like it what's on your yeah. shirt there it's like that's game of thrones <laughs> oh, okay okay i've still yet to watch that i still i've never seen that show I, I don't really have access to hbo so it's just never been an option need to watch it. I, I technically never did it was oh. more like a friend had a friend <laughs> had it through her uh her her grandma and and so that's how i watched it <laughs> oh, we used to get real big into going to random goodwills and just buying stupid shirts that made no sense <laughs> like oh that's perfect i love that shirt i'm like yeah okay i used to have a shirt that said like uh, Wiz- that's a random uh baseball team that exactly I'd, like I, I had a shirt or it's that- someone's like potluck t-shirt <laughs> one of the very first concerts you know quotes uh, that i've ever played i was down in uh berea kentucky and i went to a goodwill and saw some like uh Wizard of Oz, local high school play, 1997. <laughs> I wore that thing for years. <laughs> That's great. Man, it's, it's crazy because like you, some Goodwills are completely different. Like if yeah. you go to Austin, an Austin Goodwill, there's so much more stuff than one in, in San Antonio. And I think yeah. it's just because there are so many more college kids and there are just so many more computers and things. So I even found uh, Sega CD games at this Goodwill I went to. It was just really surprising. I didn't end up like asking them how much they were. I was just like, I don't have a Sega CD right now, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've bought some random game stuff. So, very cool. All right. Next question comes from... Oh, wait. Wait, he, he did yeah, ask. We, we didn't even answer his question. Sorry, Nick. He said, uh, speaking of wagons, if any Genesis game could get a Battle Royale feature, whether in 16-bit or updated graphics, which would you like to see? Ooh, a Battle Royale. I don't know. Um... I kind of like general chaos. I like that concept. <laughs> Just and, like the cartoony violence. Good, good grief. Who would have thought Tetris would have done so well with this whole oh, battle royale? Oh, my goodness. As, you know, you need another simple concept like that, yeah. like a poi poi, uh, which, which I think would be cool for that. Or some other puzzle type games where a whole bunch of people face off and it gets whittled down to one. And 16-bit wise, I mean, you could do like Sonic time trials. Obviously, um, you could do. There, there are so many things you could do. Um, there are so many games that have been speed run on either the Super Nintendo or the Sega Genesis. Super Nintendo wise, you could do Super Mario World or Super Metroid. Uh, but yeah, Sega Genesis wise, um, yeah, those those are kind of what i'm thinking um what other super pick up and play games are out there that would really work for that type of gameplay though i mean if you did a beat em up you'd pretty much just be <laughs> that would be interesting beating up 99 other people 
What what like a like a racing game? Like think like like RC yeah, Pro Am with like a hundred people. Racing game uh, w- with a big enough track. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and like the even if it was like a time trial, and like your your first lap, your first fifty best players go. Like you just kind of whittle it down like that. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. I think also that concept would work well. It's saying with RC Pro Am with the whole. Um, mechanic of shooting things at people yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the rock and roll racing or something like yeah, that yeah. where you could have that many racers and, and i think what would be hilarious is seeing the people who didn't know which button was gas <laughs> and then like you know at the start of every race there's always at least one person who goes in reverse <laughs> <laughs> <That's true. laughs> <By accident. laughs> i mean that would be great yep <laughs> i'd play that for free heck yeah or like a Sonic time trial like you do on the two-player. That'd be cool, too. Something similar I to that. think some sort of bonus game that's not... It can be shallow enough to, to where it's just easy enough to get into. Yeah. But, um, or Pit Fighter. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, Pit Fighter, obvious, obvious choice. Obvious that's choice. grade A obvious. top slice of cheesecake. <laughs> cheesecake. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> All right. So uh, Richard Smith asks... What are some of the best RPGs and adventure games for the Mega Drive? Or Genesis for you Yanks? I have a special place in my heart for Wonder Boy and Monster World. Uh, so top of my list is Fantasy Star 4. And I would also say Starflight, uh, Fantasy Star 2. And I, I have a qualifier on that one. The story's good. It's a solid game. It's just it hasn't aged quite as well um, because of the dungeon design. But if you can play that or the remake, there, there's there's different ways to play it now. Um, for the Mega Drive, uh, so there's also been like a few homebrew releases. Like there's the Baker Prince game that's a full-on RPG that I think was made in Taiwan that's gotten a fan translation had been released over here. There's also Pure Solar, which I still have never played, but that's been released on yeah. on everything under the sun. But in terms of like games that were released in the normal lifetime, uh, I would also say Landstalker is a super solid choice. Crusader of Senti is really good. Yep. Uh, and the Shining Force games are super solid. I love I love both of those games. I probably put more time into the second one just because that's what I grew up with, but they're really good. Uh, I haven't really dug too much into Warsong, but that's one I need to go and play. And, you know, um, did we ever cover Sword of Vermilion? I can't remember. No, but I started playing that the other day, speaking of the devil. Yeah, so that one... It... It's, okay. it's not the best, but it's, it's still kind of solid. Yeah. So I like the idea of the combat. <laughs> I'll just say yeah, that. The idea of the combat and the different different modes are interesting. Yeah. So yeah, those are some solid titles that you can start with. And then there have been some fan translations like uh, Rent a Hero. Yeah. Did you say Light Crusader? And, That's a good one. That's not bad. Oh, yeah. Light Crusader is good, too. I didn't mention that one, but that one's actually pretty solid and kind of a weird game for treasure to make. Yeah, yeah. In that it's completely not weird. It's not off-the-wall treasure style. It's more like we're going to make a Western-style isometric yeah, adventure. Exactly. 
And it's and if you're a collector, and I think it, it's if you're, be- oh sorry, go ahead. If you're a collector, it's very affordable. Yeah, it's only about two hundred dollars. But you know, I don't know how much that was, how much that is in uh, pounds, but yeah. you know, <laughs> how many shru- not- how many shroot bucks is it? Uh, I don't know how many Stanley Nichols do you have. <laughs> I'm so glad you went there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like I'll give you a Stanley nickel if you if you never speak again. Yeah. So uh yeah, those are some some titles you can start with. There are some other interesting games that uh, I think the failing in some of those games is that either it's a graphical limitation or sound or some of the above. Like EA put out a whole bunch um i mean i think one i didn't mention though that that's the top of my list i don't know how i didn't mention this but shadow run absolutely oh, top yeah. of my that's like your, that's o- like your open world. yeah open world action adventure game uh you can shoot stuff or you can hack stuff it's it's a cool game but yeah there's stuff that ea put out where it's just like they they ported games from the computer or they're like there's an original naughty dog rpg which would be interesting to cover but man are there some dated mechanics that just make yeah. it hard to play some of those games today for sure but yeah great question cool he had a second part um related question what do you think of the recent retro releases in this genre like monster boy and wonder boy etc that's it's fantastic i i've Thank gotten you. a chance to um I, I think uh didn't we do like a patreon episode yeah or something i think it was on um uh, was it on the other show? Was it on a, a two dudes thing? We we did like a do, like a like a whatever you want to call that a dual re- release. That's a good word for it. Yeah, and so I I love the there's the remake and then there was a, a sort of reimagining, and then I didn't mention it, but there's also the fourth game, which I think is Monster World Four or Monster Yeah. I can't remember with these subtitles. It's weird, but there there is a that fan translation out there, and it, it was originally released uh, in Japan only, but then it got ported to the Wii Shop, which you can no longer use now. <laughs> so now you kind of have to do a fan translation, but that's pretty cool. And I like those games. I like side-scrolling action adventure games in general. So that's. That's cool stuff. Nice. Oh, cool. So, uh, Jeffrey LaRue asks, if you could lock on Sonic and Knuckles with any game on the system, which game would you like to play with Knuckles? That's not a Sonic game. Oh, that's not a Sonic game. Let's go for Restar. Restar. Ah, cool. Yeah, it would be cool. I think Knuckles could fit into that game. Um, he'd just kind of glide around and... Uh, you know, I'd be able to jump on the baddies and maybe hunt for some gems. I don't know. There you go. Hunt for some yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that would be a solid choice. Kind of keep it in the Sonic wheelhouse, or maybe you could go into one of like the Sonic knockoffs, like a, a socket, and just make it a better game. Yeah. Because the physics on that game are kind of janky. <laughs> uh, or maybe... Uh, what, what, there's a few more. There's like a High Seas Havoc. I think Knuckles would be cool in High that Seas game. High Seas Havoc, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he'd fit into that world. 
He did good in that. And then, um, I don't know. Let's just throw something wacky out there and say, like, oh, you like Bomberman? What if we put Knuckles in your Bomberman and he can, like, fly over walls <laughs> and he can, like, cling to the ceiling and avoid bomb damage? How about that? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I haven't worked out the logistics of exactly how that would work, but it's cool in my head. So it works. Very cool. Game developers write that down because it's <laughs> golden ticket idea. We know the the right guy who could do the music soundtrack for you too. Just, just saying. <laughs> cool. And that uh, guy is Dick Stevens. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Next question, which isn't really a question for the show. Michael Kelso, good grief, man. Did I squeeze a question in at number ten? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, no, you didn't. We're just gonna skip over that. <laughs> yep, um. Ken Kazimhal asks, can it be better? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. What is love? Hey, there you go. <laughs> Ask a question. Let, let's, uh, I think we can include, uh, yeah, if we go like one over, I think that's fine. Yeah, we, that, I, I think, think uh, Ian has an actual real question. Yeah, he does. He does. I'm not counting Kelsey's. <laughs> so, okay. so Ian asks, I'm late to the party. Stupid time difference. But if I'm in the first 10, then Aaron, is there any game you like playing with the sound down and putting on other music in the background? And what is it? P.S. What is love? Ooh, good question. You know, I think this might be a game we cover uh, in the future, but like the Turrican game, uh, it's pretty solid, but like the music conversion job they did on it was not so hot. <laughs> so that's kind of a game where it's like, oh, music, music's going down. And I'm going to listen to something else. Um, there's a few games like that where the sound is just not, it's a little too much Dying Cat going on. See, I, uh, so some EA games where it's like, or there's just like not much music at all. Yeah, I do that with sports games. I play a lot of like NBA games on my Switch and I listen to podcasts or music while I do it. So, And for me, I guess being a composer, like I feel like, I at least owe it to whoever did the music for the game yeah. to at least give it one one try. <laughs> and if after re- repeated times playing it, I'm just like, I'm done, then you know, at least I, I gave it a fair shake. No one is sitting there judging you for listening to other music. It's it's totally your prerogative. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. I think that's the last question. Timmy Mac did put a picture of as a gif. Of Crossfire, so I like that. Yes. We, we we need to like Josh we, back. Yeah, we need to definitely do like a uh, Chip Tunes version of that theme song. <laughs> it's called Ask Aaron. Oh yes, very cool. All right, so yeah, yeah, big shout out to Timmy Mac. I know I, t- I already gave you a shout out earlier in the episode, but uh, and guys, if you um, we don't want to exclude anybody. So if you do have questions for Aaron, let's just shoot an email over. We'll we'll get to him eventually. We just uh, again want to make sure our time is uh. You know, we noticed the trend of the show getting longer and longer and longer, and it was mainly in the Ask Aaron segment. So, we'll uh, we'll, we'll definitely answer your questions. No, no worries, but uh, just uh, send us an email if you don't get it in on time, and we'll figure it out from there. Hey, Aaron, game on. Game on, Nick. Game on. Yeah, game on. Sega. All right, Toe Jam and Earl for the Sega Genesis. So, Aaron, I don't know how. What kind of memories you had of this game? But uh, I can really remember playing this game very vividly. Um, I remember kind of jumping into it 
Not score in seven years ago. Four score in seven years ago. (laughs) I had a Genesis, but uh, I remember getting into it and uh, not really knowing what to do. But I I think the beauty of this game was even though I didn't know what I was doing, I I was still progressing, which a lot of games at the time um, that you didn't know what you're doing, you couldn't progress. But I I just kind of felt like, because when I rented it, it was just a cartridge. I popped it in, something about getting space parts, whatever. But I was just kind of wandering around the world and thinking, okay, this is all right. I'm, 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 I'm getting from level to level. And uh, it was funny because at the time I had no clue it was quote unquote roguelike, which uh, for those yeah. for those of you out there, you know, the game Rogue was a uh, procedurally generated, you know, you never knew what the heck you're going to get the next level. So it was kind of a shock to me later on, like in high school when I started revisiting this game. It's um, one of those things that a lot of people found out later on. Yeah. And, and me too, because I hadn't played Rogue before this game came out. Yeah, me either. And, and it probably wasn't until Diablo that I that I understood what Rogue was and went back and played it because yeah, Diablo had the uh, random generated uh, dungeons and stuff. And I, I, yeah, and I think there, I think uh, maybe it was Diablo two. They they put in a permadeath mode where it was like, okay, now if you die, you lose everything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember playing this game a lot. I, I th- and I may be wrong on this, but I think. A friend of mine had the Sega channel, and I think this game was on there. We played it. I can't remember, but I, I feel like I played it with that same guy, the only kid in the neighborhood who had the Sega channel. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I, pl- I played this. I rented it three or four times and, and, and enjoyed it as a kid, but uh, I think my memories really came into play more in high school and college areas. when, when Kind of when I heard it was more of a, a cult classic, and I wanted to go back and dig into it and stuff. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I have a... I have memories of the game, like seeing the game in magazines, and I want to say we rented it at some point, but I can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> that because it's just one of those memories that's sort of in the ether. It's it's there somewhere, but I don't remember when we rented it. I just remember getting to play the game when I was a kid, and yeah, same same with you. Um, you know, I didn't immediately grasp exactly what i was supposed to do uh i mean obviously now it's it's obvious i have to go find the spaceship pieces um and you know rebuild the rocket ship to to get home basically to funkatron but yeah when i was a kid it was more like oh i get to explore these worlds and you know these crazy (laughs) funky aliens (laughs) i i kind of liked them immediately like they're, they're just when I was a kid, I liked anything that was kind of out there, or <laughs> a little bit outlandish. And, you know, this game has a really interesting sense of humor and, and it appealed to me as a kid. Yeah. And, you know, I the music was catchy. Uh, music was always catchy to me. And, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Same with you. Like, I didn't make the association with what the developer was actually trying to go for, which was literally <laughs> the world's first roguelite because that term wouldn't actually be a thing until about I mean you think about when this game came out I'm thinking at least um 1991 (laughs) yeah 1991 uh, like the whole roguelite thing and having like real time gameplay with roguelike elements I feel like that didn't surface again until much later. Yeah. There there were RPGs and things that came later, but this was one where it was like, it's most definitely not 
a hardcore RPG. There are small RPG elements, <laughs> yeah, but it's much more of an action exploration game. Well, I, I watched a couple online reviews, and this I can't remember who it was, so excuse me. But uh, one guy said, uh, "I feel like this is just a uh, big long game of uh, of." Uh, playing tag you know keep away <laughs> kind of like, it's like you know you're, you're running around trying to make sure people things don't get you so oh my god that makes sense <laughs> that's half of it i think the other half of it is i think part of the appeal is you you get all these presents and, and it's just opening them just to figure out what the heck you're going to get next yeah exactly and yeah you know it, it, I, I remember going back and playing it when i was in high school with my buddy because uh, I think he had nabbed a copy of it. And we were, that was when I was heavy in my Sega collecting days. And so he had nabbed a copy. <laughs> and so we were playing at two-player. And yeah, that was that was a huge part of the fun was just like, oh, okay, we identify this present. And once you identify a present, it's, it's identified for the rest of the game unless you yeah. get like a randomizer. Yep. And I think the only like hard thing was when you'd get a tomato and you realize man this game is definitely not about the weapons <laughs> not at all <laughs> and it's almost like uh, a red herring except it's a red tomato <laughs> uh because yeah you get the tomato thinking all right i'm gonna rule this game now i'm gonna kick some butt <laughs> but no the tomatoes kind of they're the weakest weapon anyway and every item you get is pretty much on a timer and we'll talk about that more but basically means even if you get the tomatoes and you can knock out some of the bad guys your best course of action it the game kind of does become kind of a stealth game like with the sleeping enemies or even with like santa claus where you have to sneak behind him or santa <laughs> yeah. you sneak up on him and he actually drops a few presents for you yep yep and um does so i haven't played the uh the new version that came out on the current consoles yeah. it, it is there a better kind of battle system in that or is it kind of the same yeah game? i would say the 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 tomato system uh and that might be the only one of the only few drawbacks to the game and it's not that much of a big deal um yeah the tomato throwing's a bit better in that game and of course there's a slingshot which is kind of shoots in a straight ahead arc yeah that works better um, but yeah, there, there's, there's one thing that helps in that game is each character that you play as, I think there's nine total because you can unlock some and then you get like the classic versions of Toe Jam and Earl. So some characters are better, like they'll start out with more presence or there's one character that will just... Ha start out with better stats on their weapons because that game introduces more stats whereas I think in this game I want to say the only thing the level leveling up really does is um, what increase your life bar yeah 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 I can't remember if it makes you any faster but I know it increases your life bar um, and I think it's like every three levels or so you will actually gain an extra life, like a little star, yeah. I want to say. It kind of changes your, I don't know if you want to call it your status, but like you know, Toe Jam <laughs> yeah, is grooving. Or, carried, yeah. <laughs> uh, it kind of carries over from Rogue because Rogue didn't give you a level number either. And this is the same thing where, but it's kind of goofy in this one where the names on them by themselves don't really <laughs> mean anything. They're just kind of silly and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I'm pretty pumped to play the new one, but I uh, 
I, like a sucker, got the limited run version and, and didn't download the uh, <laughs> the one on the shop. So I gotta wait to play this one. I don't. I really don't want to own two versions of it. So no, and that's okay. I, I think it'll be worth the wait for you. And yeah. you'll get to play it uh, with your son, maybe. Oh and yeah. Yeah, I I think you'll enjoy it, and you can play it online. I wish there was cross play, but I don't know if that's in the works. But uh, from my experience, it's been a pretty cool game. I think once you get it, that should be something we cover on Patreon. Absolutely. would love to do that. So, um, yeah, without... Speaking of which, we didn't talk about it, but we did actually get to play this game a little bit together. Yeah. We did a little uh, Parsec co-op. That was fun. Yeah. I I think this game probably uh, served a little better with the uh, Parsec program because we had a little trouble playing Contra Hardcorps with the... uh, I (laughs) I couldn't see my gun coming out or the bullets uh, coming out of the gun. I I don't know if there was just like you have to change your refresh rate or something, but yeah, it it didn't like lag out or anything, but there were some like weird technical difficulties on that. So if you don't know what Parsec is, I think we talked about it on the show a little bit previously but it's basically a service that acts like if you ever heard of team viewer or uh webex or level three something where it's almost like a, a conferencing service but what this does is it connects you to someone else's computer so you can watch their screen but it actually reads your controller input as an input on the other person's computer. So they'll actually, if, if you're player two and you're watching their screen, you'll actually show up as an input uh, when you look up the yeah controllers on their, their system. It, it reminds me of, uh, so like where I work, we use uh, Skype for business. And um, yeah. you, you can give your, you know, you, you can have someone view your desktop, but you can, then you can also give them like dual control so I, I, I kind of saw yes. that as that. Like, I'm, I'm controlling, yeah. but my friend I, down the cube is doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've seen that before. I think the difference here is that this is geared for gamers. Whereas the one time I tried using... I tried using Skype or using some sort of service. Um, I think... I think I think it was trying to do it with TeamViewer, and it just did not work. <laughs> <laughs> And I know I'd done it where it was like a, there was an IP tunneling system, and that worked okay, but I think this works a little better. This is a little less set up. Like, you don't really have to go into your router settings, which is good. Yeah. And, yeah, Nick and I got to play. It was kind of late, though. We were both a bit tired. <laughs> so we played a bit of Toe Jam and Earl and had some fun doing that. We did not win the game, and that's okay. That's okay. So had some fun. But, um, yeah, we got to play that game. There, there's a video of it. If you go to our group page, I want to say, we played that. We played a few other games. Yeah. Yeah, well, and we'll try to do that more in the future, especially if it, the game we're covering is two-player. I think it's just kind of kind of necessary now. We'll have to do that. Now, if Nick had had this game on the PS3, ah, no. the version <laughs> on there is by M3, and they add some extra features and even, like, an online leaderboard. And online play, which is cool. That's like my favorite. I want to say my favorite company that does port port jobs. Yeah, they they are fantastic. Because they go above and beyond. Yep, absolutely fantastic. And they're the ones putting out all the new uh, or the yeah. new the re-releases on the Switch, anyways. And they're doing a like they did a Fantasy Star with the uh, new map system and trying to make a, some better quality of life uh, 
decisions for these games. So very cool. Very cool. So I'm gonna break K Fabi here and uh, and and say that we're recording this episode a few weeks later, <laughs> so I can reveal this now. But apparently, well, M3 is the one working on the new Sega Genesis Mini. And yes. apparently Yuzo Koshiro is doing music for the menus. Yeah, I saw, I, I saw you share that. That was some <laughs> of the most exciting news I've seen. <laughs> I know. I was like, whoa, suddenly I kind of want this machine. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I like the fact that M3 is working on it. And the game selection looks pretty solid. I, I kind of wish they'd pull what analog did which was oh let's grab some unreleased stuff because you know there's stuff sitting in the sega vaults oh yeah you know, there's, they've got at least something unreleased that's sonic stuff i don't know maybe they just <laughs> don't have anything of their own that's that well polished or as done as say like a Star Fox 2 or a hardcore i think hardcore would have been a great sell on that also yeah but what do I know? Back <laughs> to Toe Jam and or Earl. Yeah, so this That's the new name of the game and, and or, or and or, <laughs> but depending on how you play it. <laughs> but as we said, this game was released in 1991. It was developed by Johnson Vorsinger Productions and uh, de- published by Sega. Uh, the the composed uh, or sorry, the composers of this. Uh, you had the composition by John Baker and the direction by Mark Miller. Which, as Aaron said, the music's awesome. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But the the funky bass lines and just the the grooves in this, I, I just I picked up my guitar and started playing like Red Hot Chili Pepper jams like right away. <laughs> just just love love yeah, it's, love it's, playing funk music. That's good stuff. It's, it's like funk mixed with a little bit of hip hop. Yeah, uh, that, that's how the characters are. You know, like the intermission music between stages is sort of like a a hip hop groove, and then everything else is pretty much just uh, like a hip hop beat layered with some some funk. Yeah. Um, if you want to pick this game up for the Genesis, the native version, it's going to cost you about $31 uh, loose and I'm a $60 complete in box. So this is not an easy find. Uh, the ones I've seen out in the wild uh, are pretty much there around that uh, price range. I think I saw one close by. It was like $40 loose and I've never seen it complete in box. So uh, not an easy one to get. It is on the uh, new Sega Genesis collections that came out on the Switch, PS4, Xbox. And like Aaron said, you can get it on the PS3. I believe it's on Steam as well. So it's definitely out there for you guys to get it. And of course, if you want to check out demo mode, that's always out there as well. But uh, <laughs> um, as far as the storyline goes, I'm going to read a quick snippet from Moby Games of what they kind of threw out there for the story. Uh, it goes like this. Jam and Earl are two hip aliens from the planet Funkatron. One day, they are cruising their galaxy in their sweet spaceship ride. Unfortunately, Earl wasn't paying enough attention to where he was driving and ran, ran the ship into an asteroid. The ship crash-landed onto the most bizarre planet in the galaxy, Earth. Jam and Earl must travel from level to level on Earth and collect the ten scattered pieces of the ship. But the various Earthlings, such as nerd herds, giant hamsters, phantom ice cream trucks, and the boogeyman, will make that difficult. The power-up items that Toejam and Earl can pick up come in the form of wrap presents. You never really know what could power-up is until you open it. What's more randomized is the levels, and the item locations make it a different game every time. So there you go. We kind of already went into that, but uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. Um, 
that that's what makes these games so much fun the roguelikes or whatever is is that you you kind of play a fresh game every time even though you know the premise you know what you need to do you can collect the in this case you gotta collect the the pieces of the starships but every time you pop the game in or reset it it's it's a it's a new feel you don't know which path to take you're just kind of going around and and that's what makes the uh, like the the map function on this so great because you see the map uh but you don't see the areas that you've unraveled yet so you gotta actually walk there to do it and um i, I think that was if, if i'm remembering right that's that's a pretty big innovation because i don't remember a lot of games having that kind of a map in 1991 it seems like that's the thing now for every open world game you play like far cry skyrim all these games you, you see a map but you don't see the whole thing um actually revealed until you actually hit those areas but um i don't know if this was one of the first games to do that but hey you know who knows that that could have been uh, a big uh there were some games there were, there were a few games in the 80s that had a similar concept uh kind of a fog of war type effect right that's what yeah. they called it, like for real-time strategy games, where you would see like pieces of the map. Um, I want to say Sword of Fargoal on the Commodore 64 had kind of a similar thing, but that was more where you saw the entire level, but you couldn't see where you were going until you revealed the map. And Rogue kind of does that to a certain extent, but I mean that was using ASCII characters. <laughs> um, we didn't really talk about it too much, but. Um, I kind of wanted to break down some of the people who worked on this game. Yeah. Uh, so, Greg Johnson, who's still working on Toe Jam and Earl, uh, he's he's the one who spearheaded like the development of the new game and did the Kickstarter and everything. So he was in charge of game design. He also did some artwork for the game, and uh, I want to say he came up with the concept or partially did. And it's, I, I think it's probably one of the most unique games on the Sega Genesis. And it For came sure. out, I want to say, right before Sonic the Hedgehog did. So I think Sega was kind of pining for it to be some sort of mascot game, even though it didn't end up being one. Uh, still, still pretty interesting. Uh, so the person who programmed the game was Mark uh, Warsinger. And Greg and Mark, you know, that's the name of their uh, their development company who worked on this game. It's interesting that he worked with Greg on other games, too, like uh, Star Control, which is also on the Sega Genesis. Not the best port of the game, but it's on the Sega Genesis as well as uh, they both worked on Star Control 2 together, which is... I think, uh, along with Starflight, one of my favorite games, <laughs> that uh, at least in that genre. Uh, and I want to say Greg Johnson worked. Yeah, he worked on Starflight 1 and 2. And they both worked on Star Control uh, 1 and 2. And then one other person I wanted to mention. I was trying to see... Okay, so one of the people who did artwork besides greg johnson the other person was april harrison and what i found interesting was that a lot of the animation in this game is actually pretty pretty neat and pretty detailed and what i found was that they actually went on to work on uh, artwork for games like secret of monkey island yeah and zombies ate my neighbors uh, super star wars and it makes sense to me because I, I can, as you play the game, you can tell a lot of care went into just how things how things move 
every character has their own unique animation. Nothing really feels recycled. There, there are no recycled enemies. You might <laughs> see the same enemy on different stages, but there's no recycled design. Like every enemy walks completely differently. Yeah. Even your characters walk completely different from each other. It's not just like a generic palette swap. It's, it's like a true, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's, you, you can tell a lot of care and, and attention went into the art itself. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know what? I, I'm not familiar with John Baker's other credits <laughs> as far as music goes. But like when I look him and up, him and uh, the music director, Mark Miller, they have a laundry list of other games they've done sound on. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot in here. So I see Toe Jam and Earl, the Menacer 6 game cartridge. Uh, <laughs> Slam City with Scotty Pippen. Oh, boy. <laughs> not not one of the best. Yeah, that's a that's uh, right. material, <laughs> notoriously bad game. <laughs> uh-huh. Sammy Sofa but. Softball Slam. I remember that game. <laughs> Believe it or not, but yeah, it, it seems like a lot of the people who worked on this team went on to to keep getting work in the industry, and yeah, it's no wonder why. To me, I I don't know. I mean, we don't have sales figures in front of us, but I I, I kind of wonder how well this game did when it came out because I want to say people who have played it have nostalgia for the game. And people at least have a passing memory of seeing the game in a magazine or seeing it in an ad or something. I kind of wonder, people who had a Sega Genesis, do you guys remember playing Toe Jam & Earl? We might have asked the question to you and what your thoughts are on it. But I I wonder for the the wider population out there, kind of how like Mario is a cultural phenomenon and, and Sonic is. Is this kind of one of those cult things where the people who remembered it loved it, but the people who didn't remember it are kind of confused by the the nineties tood and <laughs> I, general strangeness of the game? And you know, I, like the, the the fact that they're visiting planet Earth, but uh Earth is not quite like Earth in this game. <laughs> I feel like it was a big deal. I mean, they definitely had a sequel out, and they had the uh, thir- yeah, third game like, come out for Xbox. And I, I, they I, had, I like two other games on Genesis. If you count the tomato game they have oh, yeah. on, had on the Menacer six pack thing, <laughs> but um, but then there's that there's that dilemma where I, it wasn't on a whole lot of the uh, uh, the collections. You know, it, you know, it wasn't on the six pack, and there's a few other collections that came out. Uh, post genesis that i don't remember seeing it on so there's kind of that well maybe it wasn't that popular maybe it was just me and 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 it's always seeing this and just thinking you know this is unique to the genesis and these guys are stinking cool i mean they've got to be one of the many mascots of the genesis but uh i don't know i i kind of kind of curious about that myself i I bet it was it was uh maybe not a big hit but it was big enough that sega greenlit a sequel like you said yeah and I know that they, they, we'll get into the sequel one day later, but you can tell they tried to make it a little bit more, uh, more like Sonic or some other platforming game. But uh. yeah, it, well, and it was they were pulled in a different direction than what they originally envisioned too. Yeah, for sure. Because they originally wanted to make it more like Back in the Groove is, which is more of the first game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 
I think that's what uh, everyone remembers and loves. Just uh, it was just a unique experience. There's a lot of those in the Genesis. <laughs> but um, I agree. yeah, I mean, so playing this game again, um, and yeah. and and really knowing what I need to do, I, I got much further. And of course, I had a <laughs> on the uh, on the Switch Genesis collection. There was this uh, fast forward button where you could kind of skip the frame rate. and You could walk much faster. Uh, the only thing. Oh I st- yeah, that that definitely helps. And the only thing I stunk about that is that you didn't get to listen to the cool music. I think that was the worst part of it. But uh. Oh, does it cut the music out when you're going faster? Yeah, it just kind of sounds like a blah, 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 you know, just kind of. Oh, I gotcha. Kind of fast forward. Kind of like the the boogeyman who pops out. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so like playing it this way and having save states was pretty nice. I think that takes away from the, uh, from the roguelike part of it where you're you're not doing the random generated levels so when, when you do this well, day- and you can do a fixed world in this game which is what i recommend for newcomers who have never played this game start with the fixed world if you can because you're going to want to get used to everything and not have <laughs> the level <laughs> switch up on you so much at first but um I think the charm of this game, and, and like we've kind of already mentioned, is that you know I'm, I'm walking left, I'm walking right, and all of a sudden I see, oh, there's some water here. Do I need to go through that water? I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll go around it this time. And and uh, I don't know. Just like the enemies coming at you, and you got like tornadoes and weird enemies, and and I, I, yeah, I, not all of them are enemies. Sometimes they're friendlies, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, sometimes they're, they're they're good NPCs or non-player characters, and and they'll they'll help you out like the dude in the carrot suit who will uh i want to say identify items for you <laughs> there's the the wizard guy who will just raise your health there's a uh singing fat lady um how do i put that nicely a singing opera lady <laughs> who will actually belt out something at the top of her lungs and scare enemies away uh, which which is very helpful. Yeah, I got a real cool achievement later to tie, tie it all in with that carrot guy, but uh, I'll get there later. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, and and just not knowing what you have in your inventory, like we said, the presents and kind of you know playing around with that. I got I spent just five or ten minutes every time I get a bunch of presents. Like I I would never open them right away. I'd always wait till I got like oh, a, yeah. a big handful of them and I would start opening them or. Uh, uh, like you said, the carrot guy will help identify some of them for some bucks. But uh, that was just kind of fun. Like, okay, what the heck does this does this do? And then you then you hit it, and like, oh crap, shouldn't have done that. Or some of the food you eat, you know, some of it's good, some of it's kind of bad for yeah. you. Yeah, there's kind of a, and this is something that goes back to Rogue and games like NetHack and Diablo, where it's like, oh, there, there's like preventable deaths, where it's a lot of times where, oh, maybe I should have gotten these presents identified first. Yeah. And it's a concept known as yet another stupid death, <laughs> where it's something that you might have been able to prevent, but sometimes in this game, you'll get ganged up on by like three or four enemies, and you don't have any presence that you need, and suddenly it's like they are making you walk the, the plank off the level, because what happens is they'll gang up on you, you'll get trapped in a corner, and then you'll be forced to walk off the stage if you don't have an item to, to deal with them. So you, you can get into some some goofy situations. Yeah. And then sometimes on the level, it looks like you, you know, I'm going to need a bridge to get over that. And as soon as you walk up to the edge of that uh, area, like the land just kind of starts 
popping up out of nowhere and kind of build you a bridge there. So you gotta you gotta kind of look for those as well. Yeah, it's kind of it's the same concept as searching in the, in in Rogue where you search for new pathways uh, and they'll sort of open up to you as you walk near the edge of land. Yeah. yeah. So and then the. Uh, you definitely don't want to jump into water if you have low health because like your health meter is kind of your uh, underwater air sense. It's, it's weird. I think they're kind of combined because I've noticed that you'll go underwater. If you don't have an inner tube, you can't float across easily. Yeah. But what will happen is um, if, if you reach land in time, because there's a few levels where you have to kind of go in between different small pieces of land on water. I think they're called islands. You have to go between different little <laughs> islands. And... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm like remembering the word as soon as I'm talking. Uh, yeah, you have to go between different island, islands. And what will happen is if you reach the next island in time, it'll restore your health back. Yeah. But if you don't, then it's sort of like, dare I say, Mario 64, where you're, if your water, if it goes all the way down, then you're you pretty much drowned. <laughs> but... Uh, did you ever go to level zero in this game? I didn't, and I know you mentioned that. Uh, now I, I take it back. I did a long time ago, but here since I replayed it, I just kind of I was just trying to get to the end of the game, so I kind of forgot about it. But you brought it yeah. up. You brought it up when uh, we were playing it uh, together online. There, you, you have to wait. You have to hope, and because like you start with four super high tops that make you go faster, which are very convenient. But uh, you also find some unidentified presence in this game, and you have to use one of the presents to see what what it does unless someone identifies it but yeah you pick up one of these presents and you hope that it's an inner tube or it's icarus wings because then you can the the first level you start off on uh there's just it's a giant it's almost like water world (laughs) it's just a bunch of water and then like one tiny little piece of land uh you think but if you actually swim south then you will find, I think it's south into the west a little bit, you'll find another landmass. And there's a hole in the earth that's kind of a bizarre experience, <laughs> but there's a, a hole that's actually space. Uh, Isn't that a Deftones song? And you jump into that. <laughs> <laughs> and you jump into that, and it takes you to level zero where you can buy some lemonade which i think raises your level and then you can also uh hang out in a hot tub with the hula girls <laughs> so yep. nice and there's some extra presents down there so it's it's worth it if you can get it it's kind of like uh in zombies ate my neighbors where if you can get that bonus that spawns on the first level you're going to be sit- sitting pretty or <laughs> at least having a better time yeah that's right yeah, and I got that. There's a Deftones song. It's about a hole in the earth. It's got kind of, got kind of <laughs> bringing back some memories of the old Deftones songs. Man, <laughs> that could have been my achievement. Too bad. <laughs> Very cool. But um, I, I'll, I'll tell you one kind of honest uh, bad perception of this game, and and I don't think it should ever keep anybody from playing it. But uh, uh I wasn't a big fan of the uh, of just the the view at first. And, and hear me out here. The kind of the bird's eye view that you have, um, because 
you know, playing games like that, I immediately thought, oh, great, here's another a turn-based RPG I don't want to play. Or Oh, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I didn't really understand what I was getting into until I actually popped it in and played it. But uh, that, that usually, that used to turn me away when I was a kid because I think I've mentioned this before many times that I wasn't into uh, turn-based RPGs at all, at all when I was a kid. So seeing this game kind of kind of have that zoomed out view i was like uh, what kind of game yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and until you pick it up and play you're like okay i get it now and And then you you realize like if you get into the two-player mode i think that was novel which was that was very cool having a two-player mode where you stayed on the screen until you went on separate corners and then it split off yeah which is very very cool concept and like if you guys ever played any of the like the uh, lego games that uh was it Tall Tales or whatever that company makes? They, they uh, do, yeah, Traveler's Tale. Traveler's Tale. They do something very similar to that. So they kind of like if, if you're in the same screen when you're with your with your buddy, with your second player, and as soon as you split off, it'll kind of split the screen. Now, Toe Jam and Earl, you know, a little dated because it kind of flashes off black and then goes into the, the split screen. But uh, but I thought that was very cool because you didn't get that uh, back in those days. But, uh, but back to that other point I was making, um, I know a lot of listeners will get into that later. Uh, kind of remembered the second game, the um, oh, what was yeah, it? Yeah, some uh, some people actually grew up with that one. Yeah, because a little younger than us. And, and I think, <laughs> but yeah, put myself back in my you know 10, 10, 11 year old shoes. If I were looking at both cartridges and, and turned the back around, I would probably went with the second one, just because it looked yeah, more like Sonic. I, I think, yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, there were a lot more platformers, and among the platformers, it's still one of the more unique ones. But yeah, I think just based on looks alone, more people probably would have gone for the second one. Yeah, absolutely. And I even had the soundtrack to the second. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I even owned the, the second game at the time. I, I got it eventually, but like I, there was like the Sega Tunes thing. Yeah. And so they had like an, a real band performing songs from the soundtrack. It was great. That's awesome. And yeah. so and. Speaking of tunes, um, did you go into like the menu mode or whatever it was called where you can yeah, kind of... you can go to the jam out mode. Yeah, you can kind of create your own yeah, beat. Yeah, that, that is a, a sound test for a show once. <laughs> yeah, if you can really hit those, uh, you know, hit that timing, you can make some cool stuff on there. <laughs> yeah, you can make little beats. It's great. It's like Mario Paint, eat your heart it out. It turns into like kind of a, a screensaver thing. It's yeah, cool. yeah. Now, I can't remember. I was in that on the Switch, and I couldn't find how to get out of that mode, so I just turned my Switch off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I'm i in it right now, and unless there's like some way to do like a button combination to get out, no. <laughs> I can't see how either. Maybe it forces you to, you know, to, to make an actual funky groove. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's right. No, that's something that comes back in back in the groove, where it's a rhythm game, and there's a portion where you can make your own song, basically. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That you have to go back in and then try to perform it. Yeah, that's cool though. Uh, so let's talk about the characters a little bit. So yeah, they're aliens. Um, I tend to they are. I t- <laughs> I tended to uh, lean towards Toe Jam. I, I just thought he had. I thought he looked pretty cool with the multiple feet and the uh, nice, cool uh, sneakers. You know, rocket. Yeah, and the cool sideways cap. Yeah, he's kind of like your your Flavor Flav if you ever a- alienized. He him. was. He does kind of remind me a little bit of Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. So, 
Speaking of lots of feats, uh, feats, <laughs> but uh, why couldn't the two feet get along? Oh, why not? Because they both thought they were right. Oh! <laughs> Got you there. But uh, no, I, nice. I, I I tended to pick him, um, but Earl was funny too. Like, I, I could see Earl being like your uh, your comedic relief, right? Like, Toe Jam's kind of the cool, kind of hip kind of guy, and, and Earl's just kind of like his sidekick, kind of comic relief. Oh, yeah, he kind of just he kind of repeats what uh, Toe Jam says and sort of like, oh, I'm just going to say what you're saying to sound cool. Yeah. And then kind of bumble through things. Oh, and the, and, and the fact that it was his fault that they uh, they wrecked it to the asteroid. <laughs> yeah, the asteroid that kind of uh, broke their ship into pieces. <laughs> Sir, pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I, I they don't they don't even try to explain why Earth is suddenly like uh, cracked into a bunch of levels, and you know there's <laughs> space, and you know because it's like how do I describe this game to someone who hasn't played it? Uh, so there's a bunch of land masses <laughs> that can be randomly generated. And then there's space on most levels off to the sides. And it's just kind of defies explanation. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. Dudes dressed in carrot suits and Santa Claus just hanging out. Well, <laughs> what I think is the original concept was probably like, oh, uh, we want to do something like Rogue, but we don't want it to be fantasy based because Rogue was kind of like a t- take on Dungeons and Dragons anyway. Yeah. So it's like, OK, we want to get away from that, but we want to keep the cool stuff like having to identify items and having, you know, a whole slew of different quote unquote monsters that you have to deal with somehow. And having items that can give you positive or negative status effects like you know bad food <laughs> good food yeah. yeah who thought you'd have to worry about eating bad food in a video game <laughs> that's just oh. kind of <laughs> yeah it's that's something that's definitely carried over but what's interesting is in rogue that was more like if you didn't eat you died yeah in this game it's more of like you could go the whole game without eating but you usually end up getting hit by something eventually. And food just um, restores your health in this. Um, whereas I think how your health got restored in Rogue, it was more like you quaffed a potion. <laughs> uh, or you had like a restore health ring or something like that. Where here, I, I think you can either get someone to restore your health or you just eat some good food. Yeah, exactly. Pick up a hot dog or a burger or... Uh, you know, no, no shame in the food choices in this game as nah. long as it's not like gross, moldy, like a moldy apple or moldy <laughs> cheese you find on the ground. What's interesting is in the new Toe Jam and Earl game, you can pick a version of Earl that his benefit when you start out is that he can actually eat bad food. Oh, really? And, is there, and does it help his health? Yeah. Uh, oh, does it what? I'm sorry. Does it actually in, increase his health? It doesn't. It, yeah. Uh, he can eat bad food and it increases his health also. And, and it reminds me of the barbarian class um, in NetHack, <laughs> which is another roguelike game. And and that's because like the barbarian was a great starting class because he could eat anything and it didn't bother him at all. <laughs> which is great. 
I've heard of NetHack, and I don't think I've ever played it. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So NetHack also used ASCII graphics, but yeah. it was a bit more involved, uh, whereas Rogue was just like, okay, get to the bottom of the dungeon, get the amulet of Yendor, and escape the dungeon. NetHack had all sorts of shops you could go into. It had, like, you could literally travel to mines. You could go down to hell. Uh, yeah. And... Yeah, there's just a lot more. There's a lot more ways to win the game and tricks and things that you could pull off in the game if you if you knew what you were doing. Like, if you got a towel, you could actually use your towel, or you could um, almost like a, what am I thinking of? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The towel actually has different uses, and then like you could <laughs> inscribe in writing around you. You could make a circle. And chant something, uh, and monsters wouldn't attack you. There's, there's all sorts of crazy stuff. There's altars and, and things like that where you can pray to, to gods. Huh. When you yeah. first when you first said that, I was thinking of that. Oh, uh, I used to play it on PS2 all the time. The dot hack, like the action RPG <laughs> based on that anime. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say Diablo um, has some commonalities. With NetHack and Moria, I think most of all. Okay. But yeah, there there are things in NetHack that carried over to Diablo, like the whole "let's go to hell and kill the devil" that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. You cool. don't do any of that in Toe Jam. In fact, there is no big bad guy in this nope. game, which I thought was really interesting. Nope. Uh, but I guess there wasn't really one. Um, what you really got in the original Rogue was just like, oh no, I have to face a dragon, or you have to face like a griffin, and they're usually, you know, they're magical and they're faster than you because, you know, Rogue was turn-based, but they could move two turns or three turns to your one, and so it was like, you better hope you have some good items in your inventory. <laughs> but I don't remember... There being, I'm trying to remember what the toughest enemies in this game are. What do you think? I felt like the uh, tornadoes got me more than anything. Like I was oh, also yeah. constantly Where they getting... just like pick you up and take you and dump you in the yeah. middle of nothing. That's when I started to cheat a little bit because also with the uh, switch, you had the rewind, the rewind uh, option. <laughs> oh, you just take a different path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just like use one of my special teleporter doors. And just teleport to another part of the level if they did that to me. Yeah. Or like, what about the mimics where you go up to a certain... Because if you go up to mailboxes early on, then you can buy mail order items. Mail order presents, basically. Whereas you get later on and there's a chance of the, <laughs> the mailbox coming to life. <laughs> yeah. Those are pretty cool, I, and I, I really liked thinking back at the uh, tornado. I, I liked having that uh, that item unfall because if you like fell off one of the levels, like if you went from a lev level eleven to ten, you could use that item unfall and it take you right back up to level eleven, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, and um, once you've identified an item, then it'll be identified forever unless you get the randomizer item. Is that right? I, I guess yeah, I, I guess it, I never figured that out. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why like when you pick up another present and it's the same present, oh, that would be gotcha. the same item again. That makes sense. I, I honestly yeah. didn't put that together until you just said that. But <laughs> it's not so great when you get a randomizer item and it screws up your entire inventory. Unless you had a whole bunch of bad items. Because the way the inventory system works is 
you get these items, but you can also drop them. Yeah. And just leave them around if they're bad ones. You can't really do anything with bad items otherwise. You can't just like throw them at bad enemies, but you can just leave them forever. <laughs> but yeah, that randomizer, like if you had a bunch of really good items, that that's why I think my strategy in Rogue was just like, I'm just going to identify, I'm, I'm going to use all my scrolls, even if they give me a bad stats effect and like I get confused or whatever, uh, or I start seeing colors. <laughs> uh, I think the only one where I wouldn't, in Rogue, where I would say don't just randomly use stuff were uh, wands. I wouldn't randomly usually usually use a wand or rings because like a ring could be like a ring of starvation and kill you like real quick. Or like a cursed ring where you couldn't take it off. There's like oh that that was a chance. That's the, the one thing I'm glad is not in Toe Jam and Earl is the chance for an item to be cursed. You know, where it gives you like a negative status yeah, effect. Yeah. I guess there kind of is in a way. Um, by virtue of the fact that, like, a rain cloud can come and rain on your parade, or there is the randomizer. So I guess there are sort of cursed items, but there's no equipment that you actually think they wanted to make this more of a pick-up-and-play game. So you don't actually have to equip items uh, in quite the same way. I mean, technically weapons, I guess, if you find a tomato present. Yeah. But there's no armor, there's no shielding of any sort really yeah i know like you mentioned that like i know diablo had had uh like some powerful swords but every time you would attack an enemy you'd lose health or you'd lose mana so uh, that was definitely a part of that that roguelike type of game but uh <laughs> yeah those yeah. used to drive me nuts i'm like why am i dying so fast and I, I never made sense till i went and looked at the attributes i was like oh yeah <laughs> like no wonder yeah like that's just that's just cheap <laughs> that's pretty cool though Oh, so what's next? We had did we did you mention uh, we didn't talk about the like I think some people you have to get used to like the speed of the game yeah. without power ups, but also there are some levels where they have pathways to get you because you you want you really want to pay attention to the levels that have the ship pieces and uh, you'll have like these special roads that make you go faster yeah yeah anytime you're on there like if you're on the sand you walk a little slower if you stay on the road you're definitely going a lot faster but um yeah and and every level something we forgot to mention too every level starts with you like on this elevator <laughs> it reminds me of like bill and ted instead of a yeah, phone booth an elevator that you, you have ride. an elevator it takes you, yeah. it's so strange <laughs> and, and it replaces in the original rogue it was stairs that you would climb down yeah or or you would descend i guess and in this one, it's elevators that take you further up the the planes of existence. I don't know how to describe it. They're they're different planes of Earth. They they actually explain what happens in Back in the Groove <laughs> a little bit as to why the world looks so goofy. Yeah, I got you. And again, it's uh, Earl's fault, <laughs> but it's also Toe Jam's fault. It is sad, poor Earl. Yeah, it, it really is Toe Jam's fault because he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But um, yeah, I mean, at, at, as you progress, I think we mentioned too, like your uh, uh, down in the left hand corner, you have a few 
attributes. You have like your health, and you have like uh, stars. I think toe jam is a wiener. Yeah, yeah. You, you get different levels. Like uh, the one I'm playing right now it says toe jam is a bro. So I guess that yes. means I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But <laughs> the 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 further you progress, and the more uh, you know, kind of like you're leveling up, uh, you start to get uh, better names for yourself. And like, yeah. it, and if you're playing single player, you, you'll see a uh, thing on the right hand side that like uh, I'm playing as toe jam, and it'll say Earl is on vacation. So. There you go. I guess they uh, gave him a leave of absence after his uh, disaster. So <laughs> there you go. And uh, I, there's nice little touches too, like the the hula girls that'll make you start dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta watch out for them. They don't hurt you, but just the infectious groove. Yeah, can't help. And it. then like you can bust out uh, a boombox and make all the enemies and NPCs start dancing, which is great. Yeah. A little Michael Jackson Moonwalker style. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, I found one. Of the, did I tell you that I found one of those cabinets over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. you finally found a, like an actual Moonwalker. Oh man, play. I haven't played that since I was a kid. It's the first time I've seen it. I I went to a place that I've been to many times, and they they every now and then they get a um, downstairs is kind of like a uh, burger slash craft beer place, and then upstairs they have like a barcade and. Um, all their games are pretty much been the same for the past two years. And I took my kids up there and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God. And the, and the moonwalker cabinet was almost in like perfect condition. So my, uh, nice. my youngest son and I, I can't get my oldest son to play with this, but my youngest son and I beat about three levels before we both died. But, uh, yeah, very cool. Oh, what happened to your older son? He's just like, nah, he was playing a, they had a silent scope game and he was playing, he played that for oh, Okay. You remember that, that game? Yeah. The Konami game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he loved that. So he played a lot of that and, uh, he's really into pinball. Like anytime we see, they had a uh, three pinball, yeah, t- pinball machines up there. Pinball place with my kids, uh, pinballs in Austin. Yeah. They, they, they really enjoyed it, but man, I definitely blew a lot of money on that. Yeah. My, <laughs> cause, uh, the ticket redemption games, especially. Oh yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. But uh, my, my older son's kind of, he's real big into Fortnite, and he kind of does his own thing. But my, my younger son loves to play two-player games with me. So anytime I pop in, you know, start playing my Genesis, he'll he'll want to come over and play certain games. He, we actually finally beat Hyperstone Heist together. That was a pretty cool event for us. And, uh, oh, nice. And, of course, I, I mentioned on the last Patreon episode, we're playing a lot of that uh, Guacamelee, too. That's, like, his favorite yeah, thing to do right now. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to get that one so I can play it with one of my kids. I say one of my kids because it's like they're always fighting <laughs> over who gets to play. Yeah, and, it, and it's cool because like if they can't if they can't make the crazy platform jumps, uh, they just kind of turn into a bubble like you would in the new Super Mario Brothers game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. So, so it, it, it doesn't hold you back from progressing, but it doesn't make it too hard on them. And then when it comes to some of the battles, uh, they, they actually help out a lot, which is really cool. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah it reminds me of I think how Rayman, the newer Rayman games. Yeah, go. I love that man. Those Rayman games are great. Yep. Anyways, yeah, that, that and Mario. <laughs> yeah. And there's not many other games that do the multi multiplayer no. platforming, especially adventure games like that. Not at all. So yeah, that's fun. But uh, yeah, Toji Merrill. Um, so music, I think this is probably some of the top notch music in the Genesis library. Yeah, um, I mean, like it. The instrumentation isn't like super fancy, but I don't really feel like it has to be. No, and and the, um, I mean the, it, the the I mean for the instruments, it's trying to repli- replicate bass guitar, uh, you know, electric piano, clavichord. Yeah, yeah. I think it does a great job, and it's going for that, you know, seventies and eighties like you know P funk 
parliament, yeah, parliamentary, like uh, Bootsy Collins, yeah, Bootsy Collins style, uh, parliament, <laughs> yeah, Bootsy Collins, um, Stanley Clark, just like you know, the grooves, yeah. There, there's a instructional video of Bootsy Collins, it actually reminds me of like building up Toto Chamon Earl song, like he was talking about, like, yeah, you hit this note on the four, yeah, yeah, right there. And then when you get feel funky, you throw a couple more chords in there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have, <laughs> have seen, seen that, that exact video. <laughs> yeah, just feel the funk, man. Yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> I just He doesn't really explain what he's doing. He just kind of like, yeah, right there. Play the funk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I felt like when I listened to this music in this game. So, so can you can you do the the song, the main song from memory? The doop, 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 boo, doo, doo, doop, boop, boop, boop. Boop a doo 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 doo. Something like that. Yep. Heck of a song. Sure. Yep. Yeah, like every song in here is 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 uh is great. I, I enjoy every single one. There's only like five songs. Yeah. Know, but it doesn't get boring. Like no, nothing gets repetitive or boring. It's just it's just good music. And sometimes if you put too many songs in a game, it starts to get kind of non-rememberable this, this one um this game will only take you i would say if you can actually i would say it's a little shorter than zombies ate my neighbors if you know what you're doing but it's one of those ones where if you can get all the ship pieces i think what there's like 22 levels 24 um there there's en- enough levels and replay value um especially two player that, yeah, you, you won't get tired of everything. No, nah, no. Nah. There's, there's enough to do and see. Yeah. And like I said, it's very... This is kind of stupid to say, but it's, it's a very chill game, right? <laughs> you, you, it's, yeah, it's not I mean, intense. you see that all the time, but it, it's a pretty chill experience where, like, I was just playing the game and then I was watching a TV show at the same time. And yeah, it was cool. yeah. Like, because there's no timer on the game. Um, so you take things at your own pace. Awesome. So it works. Yeah. So did you enjoy playing it more single player or did you kind of enjoy playing it multiplayer better? Or? Uh, I really like playing it with my kids and seeing like them laugh at some of the goofier <laughs> things like a, yeah. a hamster in a bubble <laughs> or, you know, like a, a mother like wheeling her son around in a cart. <laughs> It has that same zany sense of humor that Zombies Ate My Neighbors would later use. Yeah, yeah. uh, Where things are just kind of out there and, you know, some Americana stuff that makes its way in and just... I love, like, the pack of nerds. I love the (laughs) D&D players. The nerd herd. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and and I felt like they didn't reuse a lot of those enemies because I... I, And (laughs) the weird part was figuring out who was an enemy and who wasn't it's like I, I there was never really like a like you know your, your good guys aren't wearing green your bad guys are wearing red it was just a that guy's standing still is he okay can i walk up to him <laughs> <laughs> you see that the the z the z's over an enemy it's like oh okay i gotta pull metal gear here <laughs> really? yep and yeah just like nice nice little touches yeah you know even the font, like the the way like they mix capital letters and lowercase letters, and all the all the <laughs> yeah. words are bouncing. I mean, that's just kind of cool. <laughs> oh yeah, and the zany backgrounds, like in between levels. Yeah, it's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, so it's groovy. <laughs> but um, yeah, and and 
I think I mentioned about the, the, the perspective, even though the perspective kind of threw me off in the beginning. I think the graphics are still very good in this game. You, you got a lot, like you mentioned, it's, you don't see uh, the same enemy. You just palette swapped and there's a lot, a lot of attention to detail. Just the way like the guys move when they walk. There's a lot of, they, they kind of bounce with the music and there's just a, there, there's a little bit more detail uh, in, in the way they move than, than just what meets the eye. Yeah. Like uh, Transformers, right? Yeah. Or is that G.I. Joe? I don't know. I think G.I. Joe. More than meets the eye? Probably Transformers. It makes more yeah, sense. it's Transformers. <laughs> G.I. Joe is a real American hero. Yeah. G.I. Joe. So, yeah. Um, here's something funny. Did you beat the game? Have you gotten to the end of the game? I have. Uh, not recently, but I did when I was back in high school and college. Yeah, I yeah I've gotten close where I've gotten most of the ship pieces, but I have not completed the game. But I know, spoiler, spoiler alert: is you wandering around Funkatron. <laughs> is that, is that a uh, intro to the next game? <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. Panic on Funkatron. Doom, doom, doom. Nice. Hey, uh, what do you get when you play the piano with your feet? Oh. I don't know. Footnotes. <laughs> okay, I gotta hand that one to you. <laughs> I wasn't sure what to uh, Google when it came to toe jam and old jokes. So. I know you're like, hmm. <laughs> I did. I did. Whose f- jokes am I gonna steal this episode? I did toe jokes, foot, feet <laughs> jokes. That's what I googled and came up with some. Right. Which which leads me with one more. What does a shoemaker use to repair shoes? What's that? Toe nails. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bam. I almost forgot man, the jokes. I bet you, I bet you make your wife crack up. Oh, I do, man. Yeah, it, it's funny because at the the plant I work at, um, every beginning of every shift, one of the uh, production workers will get on the intercom and kind of recap the uh, shift. You know, let, let let everyone know if they're on if if they met goal. You know, any hang up stuff like that. And this one lady, every time she uh, ends her thing, she always says a cheesy joke. So I've been sending her email after email of just cheesy jokes that I know. <laughs> so, her, her and I kind of uh, have a little connection now with the stupid dad jokes. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's been fun. Every time someone hears it, uh, three or four of my coworkers will be like, was that one of your jokes, Nick? I'm like, yep, that was one of my jokes. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's a constant pun around here. Yeah, it is. Yep. You're a punny guy. I'm a punny guy. <laughs> Uh, so Aaron, you got anything else to wrap this game up before we go to some achievements? Um, you know what? I really don't. I just wanted to mention something cool that happened. Uh, Greg Johnson, creator of this game, uh, co-creator, he actually did an AMA, Ask Me Anything, on Reddit recently about the new Toe Jam and Earl, or just about Toe Jam and Earl in general, anything that people want to ask him um, about games he's worked on. And I asked him a question, and he actually did answer, so it was cool. I'd, I'd asked him if there were, were any hidden characters or references to other games he'd worked on uh, in the new Toe Jam and Earl, I think specifically related to, like, Star Control. And he said no, but it would be cool to see something about... I think he mentioned the character... I forget the name of the race, but they're, like, amorphous blobs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're a race that you can in- encounter in Starflight, uh, and they're kind of humorous. So it's like, yeah, they'd, they'd be fun to have in the game. So it was, it was neat 
to have the creator of this game respond to my question. That's awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, those guys seem like real cool dudes. I've seen a few of the interviews and some of the making of the new game. The and Twitter stuff. is worth following uh, for sure. Like, they're, whoever's doing their social media is doing a, a bang up job. And yeah. I think even Arby's got in on the fun. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, they did. They did a Toe Jam and Earl themed. Because uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Arby's will do a lot of video game themed like pictures and little videos. And they're always super clever. And they did one for Toe Jam and Earl. And I'm, I can't remember exactly what they did, but it was cool. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I, that video you posted on our Facebook page of the guy playing bass. Uh, yeah, that's the guy who actually did the music for yeah, the new yeah. Toe Jam and Earl. Like after I watched that, I th- Cody Cody Wilson. Yeah, <laughs> whenever you posted that, I had my acoustic guitar in my hand, and I, I was there going like, "Yeah," I was like. <laughs> That's all I know now. But uh, is this an episode of Nick Jams? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick's Genesis Jams. It, well, it was funny because uh, it uses the same kind of uh, uh, shape as like play that funky music, white boy on the bass line. <laughs> it's just yeah. a, little, uh, it's a little bit delayed yeah. and doesn't use a couple of the notes in the middle. But <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that's one of like the first bass lines I ever learned to play. Me too, man. And, and and someone taught me that uh, that pattern. It's it's a you know, you start with a the low note and hit an octave, and you kind of play like a little blues thing in between. Yeah. So I yeah, I, I, I used it a lot when I first started playing bass. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the first things I had to learn on the bass guitar. Yeah, it's just easy. You could throw it in there with a lot of different songs. So. <laughs> well, all right, man. Well, without further ado, we will go into some retrofitted achievements. How about that? Really? The Channel for Stems, Retro-Extended Achievements. Alright, I've, I've only got two, but I, I consider these two pretty clever. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that. How many you got? Uh, I've got two at least that I can think of. I, I, had, I haven't written anything down, but I, I remembered a few of them. Okay. So, uh, my first one, for all you computer nerds out there, this one's called uh, Control-Z. And that's uh, using an unfall. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Control-Z is the uh, shortcut key for undo on your computer. <laughs> uh, one of mine was uh, Fly Me to the Moon, and that's uh, g- getting the Icarus wings and just flying around the level. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I was really proud of this one. This kind of this kind of tied in a little bit of Diablo, but uh, I called this one a uh, carrot cane, and that's uh, spending three dollars to identify an item. Uh, for those of you who remember, the guy named Deckard Cane was uh, the dude who identified your items in the uh, Diablo game. So, and oh, the yeah. and the carrot I love, guy. I love that voice actor. <laughs> Sit a while and listen. <laughs> yeah. Stay a while. Stay a while. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Cool. Oh yeah, and and Tristram, right? Tristram, yeah, yeah, yeah. The music in that. The, there was a guy recently who played a bunch of. Uh, I don't know if you've seen. There's a piano player who did a bunch of uh, like some of the most famous video game music. I think I have seen this and, video. And I'm all doing the, the Diablo music. Yeah, all of a sudden, like it went from like all the popular games. All of a sudden, he started playing that Diablo uh, tune. That's like a real creepy. Like I don't know, but he did it like perfect. Like this yeah. guy is good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you got another one? I do have another one. And my next one is... 
dude, bro. And that's uh, becoming a bro. <laughs> You're now a bro. Because of like, dude, where's my car? Yeah. <laughs> I was or even forever. earlier than that, like uh, the Adam Sandler skit. Where it's like, man, dude, bro. <laughs> and it's just like a bunch of people. I think him and like Tim Meadows and maybe uh, Tim Meadows. David Spade. Uh, just like the whole skit is them like interacting with each other with different <laughs> versions of that. <laughs> I need to watch that. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen that forever. I always remember the, uh, they're all good. Yeah, there, there, there was an actual skit for it. I forgot where they aired it. Yeah. It might have been short on SNL. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah, Adam Sandler's old CDs I had were always hilarious too. Uh, anyways. Very un-PC now. Un-PC, you're exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a I, short short tangent. Um, we we had a work dinner the other night, and uh, after we did our business and, and ate uh, <laughs> did our business, sorry, after we talked business <laughs> and ate dinner, they brought it's in... It's business. It's <laughs> business time. They, they brought in a local murder and mystery team, which I'm like, this is kind of neat. And uh, Okay. My goodness, these guys were so, like... What the things they said, I'm like, they're going to get in a lot of trouble for saying that. <laughs> they were well, using like cards against humanity. Slang term. Stuff? I'm talking like just, I don't want to say racist terms, but like just very ignorant, uh, terms? ignorant <laughs> terms. You know, um, I like you think of the, the awful word to call someone who has dwarfism. They said that. Uh-oh. With, yeah, yeah, with, I get you. with uh, you know, with uh, anyways, I won't go they, any further, but it was pretty bad. <laughs> we got away with saying as kids, but yes, partly we didn't know better and we didn't know how it affected people who actually suffered from stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and, and the worst guy, uh, he, he was like, he wore these real tight shorts and he was like putting his leg on people's knees and like rubbing it. And he said that bad word and a few other things. I, whenever they introduced themselves at the end, I, I Facebook creeped him and the dude's a pastor. I'm like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is weird. But anyways, it was, uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, I've never been in a murder mystery, but I couldn't believe the things they were saying and thinking, I'm like, you gotta be a little more self-aware in 2019. <laughs> Uh, I've got a, I've got a good another good achievement that I just oh yeah in. yeah um, it's hail Santa <laughs> <laughs> hail Santa and uh, as in H A I L uh, instead of the other guy hail Santa there you go. and that's uh, sneak up on Santa and get him to drop some presents for you. <laughs> Do you know if you rearrange the letters in Santa, it spells Satan? Anyways, uh. <laughs> that's why I did it. That's why uh, San Antonio um, is actually an anagram, my brother pointed out, for Satan Onion. Satan Onion. <laughs> I like onions. Or Santa Onion. Santa Onion. Oof. All right. Anyways, guys, let's go ask the big question on Jammer and Earl. Is this game a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good? Or is it garbage? And the critics, I believe, think so. They had, according to MobyGames.com, the, there was a critical reception of 86 out of 100. Yeah. Uh, one of the notable, notable reviews came from EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, on November of 91. 
And EGM says, Toe Jam and Earl are two really funny characters, complete with funny animations and loads of other humorous creatures out to get you. Although I enjoyed most of this cart, especially the wacky sound test, it was just a little too weak in the gameplay department. Aloha. But they gave it a 72 out of 100, so, you know, I, I, I like to always pull the EGM stuff because that was one of my favorite magazines, but uh, there you go for that. And then... We have a ton of responses from our listeners. So if any of you guys who aren't involved in our Facebook group, make sure to go check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems. We post a question for each game we cover asking you all if you think it's a gem, good or garbage. And we'll start with Mr. Eric Purcell. Eric says, it's the funkiest gem in the entire Genesis library. Demi Max says, one of the first games I got with my Genesis. Fun, unique, and so very 90s. Funky, fresh, and 100% gem. Christopher Kellogg says, It's good. I don't have any nostalgia for it, and therefore I don't love it. I'm sure if I received this for my birthday or Christmas, and it was one of the only games I had, I would have loved it. It's better than a lot of other games on the system, but that said, I just don't love it. Andrew Coed says, Definitely a gem. So unique even to this day. I love it. Ryan Mullen says, Gem. So different than anything else that was coming out at the time. Nick DeMarco says, For the time, a germ. Er, gem. Looking at the Genesis library as a whole, average reaching cult status due to capturing the essence of the 90s. Showing this game to a kid now as how our parents must have felt showing us a Tony Orlando album. (laughs) Brandon Mark Petty says, definitely a gem. It was the funkiest, hippest, dopest, and any other 90s slangest you can throw in there game to ever come out for the Genesis. Tyler Jones says, easy gem. My sister and I still play this every time we get together. I would argue one of the most fun, simultaneously co-op games ever made. Danny Quinn says, a true classic. Simply a must-have. Jim. Kyle Murphy says, it may be one of my favorite Genesis games ever. More than once, I left my Genesis on for over 24 hours so I could uncover every single land tile and most of the open space tiles. I want to say, because Kyle and I used to do a show together, I want to say we actually played this two-player together. I know I played two-player with uh, Paul Stevenson. Nice. From uh, Retro Obscura and Master System Masterpieces. Yeah. Yeah. Is Paul still, yeah, is Paul I, still I active? I definitely played this with Kyle also. Yeah. What's that? Is Paul still active? Is he still? Yeah, he's still out there. Okay. Uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, he's still uh, doing Masters and Masterpieces right now. Yeah, I got it. We got to get and him. If we can never get him back on Retro Obscura. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of, the, one of the, of course, you share the same company, but one of the nicest dudes I've ever talked to. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. But uh, Kyle says, uh, after doing that, I'd bask in the last level for at least a couple of hours. Very cool. Yeah, because you can just wander around. <laughs> uh, Trevor Franklin says, "I have the odd experience of loving the sequel, but never experiencing the much more uh, the much more well known original. I know they're very different games, so I'm curious what either of you think of the sequel. Uh, we'll have to get to that later, Trevor. Later, Trevor. I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> throw in a words. listen to Retro Bliss. Retro Bliss. Oh, that sounds like a good podcast." Uh-oh. And uh, so sorry for the stroke I and just had there. I still going. slurred my they words. Didn't actually... Yeah, that's right. I was gonna say, like they they said they thought they were going to end the show, but they realized they had a lot of fans, and they said, oh, "Okay, I guess we'll keep going." Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes uh, hearing just nice words from you all <laughs> you motivate me more than anything else. So uh, that's a big deal. So congrats on to Trevor and Johnny for keeping that going. So uh, Eric Wright says, "I'm in the same boat as Trevor." I played Panic on Funkatron a ton with a couple friends back in the day. I love the game. I remember trying to play trying to play the first a couple times back then, and it was just frustrating because it was so much slower. 
especially with the loading between different layers of each stage. It really confused me that you could fall to the layer below you and would load pretty quick, but took an extra 15 seconds or more every time you went up. I know they were sort of pigeonholed into making their sequel platformer, but I think it worked well enough to be fun, especially as a co-op experience. Uh, Blake Worrell says, probably a gem, particularly in two-player. It's too unique and a staple game for the Genesis. Ken Kazuma says, a classic game, super fun. The music was too cool for the most part. <laughs> well, oh, sorry. The music was cool, too, for the most part. Tyler Jones says, anyone buying the new version in March? I'll wait for the IGN review, but more than likely it's coming home. <laughs> and then uh, last comes from Benjamin Murphy. He says, they took the essence of the 90s and packaged it up in a slick little plastic cartridge. A gem. So I think the listeners also believe this game's a gem. But you know, it sounds like it was very surprising to me when I first read all these that a lot of people got this right with their Genesis and, and actually owned this. So I think maybe that helps answer that question you and I were kind of going over. I think especially the hardcore Sega fans out there, this, this was definitely a, a huge staple in their collection. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that, that many of you guys have you know actually played it or you played the sequel because uh, it's, I don't know, it's become one of my favorite series uh, as I've gotten older and something that I, I like to return to and introduce to my kids. Yeah, absolutely. So let's ask the big question to ourselves. Um, yeah. do, do I think this game's a gem? I absolutely do. Um, I think as a kid, uh, I probably would have said good. Just because I didn't quite understand the importance of what this game was doing and and what it was imitating in a sense of of Rogue, and I, and like I mentioned, I didn't quite get that it was changing levels so much. I think I played. You through thought it was. You thought it was just a chili dog. Just a chili and, dog. And not like you now think where it's like a chili dog with sauce. Yeah, well, a hot dog with sauce, but we'll, uh, yeah, I'll correct you. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> A hot dog with sauce. I'm getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah. Correct yeah. me now. Sorry about that. Yeah, where you thought it was just a hot dog and now it's a hot dog with sauce. Yeah. Let's edit that other bit out. <laughs> if you ever get up here to West Virginia, I'll I'll, I'll school you. You'll you'll learn me good. <laughs> I'll learn you good. <laughs> but uh, I definitely think this game's a gem. It's too unique to not be. Um, and, and to be able to take a game that that centers around running away from enemies and getting from level to level without a true combat system and it being this fun. That that's a big feat. Um, now, do, if you ask me, you know, Nick, what would be one thing to make this game more fun? I, I would say put a put a sword or something in one of their guys' hand and make it more like an action RPG. But even without that, it's a blast to play, uh, regardless. So, um, don't let that defer any of you who've never played this game or never uh, dive deep into it. It's a it's a heck of a little ex- exploration game, and just just uh, you just don't know what's around the corner. Uh, <laughs> we'll say that, yeah. but uh, I definitely say this game's a gem. Uh, we'll see where it ranks in a minute, but uh, I, I I I would I, w- I would just say you got to play this game if you haven't. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think we've sort of outlined the major points, yeah. which is you know, it's got great music, gameplay's real solid. Uh, it, it could do with a slightly better combat system. But I think the developers knew what they were doing as far as them wanting to de-emphasize combat. And I think this game, when people are saying, well, what are good games I can play with my kids? And this is this one would shoot to the top of my list in the Sega Genesis because it's a very non-violent game. Yeah. You know, you might get poked by a, a demon. But the <laughs> most he does is just knock you off a level. But it's not about killing bad guys 
Uh, it's it's about trying to get back home and trying to find your ship pieces. And it's got such a unique concept. And I thought that it's just so novel to that that they were the first to really go, hey, there's there's something out here that has a really interesting gameplay loop, which was Rogue, and to take many of those concepts and then to go, oh, let's take this and make it two-player co-op. Like, <laughs> no one had done that. Or, you know, let's let's add a sprinkle and a sense of humor. Uh, where Rogue had somewhat of a sense of humor, but this kind of cranks it up in the zany art style and just some of the, the humor and the story and, and everything going on. But yeah, for me, it's a, it's a total gem. Uh, I've had more experience with it as a teenager and getting older uh but yeah it's it's gem all the way for me uh i have to look at the list to see where i rank it i know some games that will definitely leapfrog over though well let's take ourselves a look if you guys want to ever uh, check out our ranking go to genesisgymspodcast.com click on the ranking tab and uh you'll be able to see where we've ranked the games that we've covered and every episode, we always look at the list, see where the game we're covering falls, and make the official decision. <laughs> so, and we have every right to change this as the future goes, because uh, I don't think anyone can ever say, this is my top five favorite games of all time, and then never change it. That's just that's too hard to do. So uh, just uh, play along with us. And if you, if you think we're totally wrong, send us an email. I'm, I've got plenty of those in the past. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll do that. So... Aaron, we got a lot of gems on this list. Uh, uh, yeah. 42 I, I, gems out of the 73 games we've covered. I know. We're just going to have to cover more stinkers. I think you're right. And I think Trevor Franklin was right when he said they're, they're probably going to just make people vote for bad games yeah, for us. Yeah. I'm afraid we're going to, yeah. five years down the road, it's just going to be nothing I mean, but garbage to cover. <laughs> we're just going to be talking about and that's the thing we, we don't want to just talk about good games or just bad games but we're going to get to the beast wrestlers and the <laughs> oh, mighty max in the mighty max and blaster master 2 Ugh. yeah yeah so if, if you yeah, ha- if you had to put this somewhere on our list where would you start i would say uh, honestly top 15 at least for me okay okay i can deal with that um I'm comfortable with that so looking up the list, I, I I don't think this game is better than Zombie Ate My Neighbors. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Ooh, I got a train. It's like a two dudes train. You hear that? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I don't think the... Hmm, I have more nostalgia for it than Rocket Knight Adventures, but I don't know that it's a better made game for what it is yeah so it's hard for me to put it above rocket knight adventures which is sort of best in class and what it does God, I'm using these marketing <laughs> terms now i i so this is a perfect personal preference i like earthworm gym better than this game yeah but i could see where someone could could uh, appreciate yeah. this game a little I, bit more I could, uh yeah i would say they both occupy that same space of zany humor yeah. But I think Earthworm Jim, um, eh, yeah, I could see people enjoying Earthworm Jim more also, just because it's it's immediately more pick up and play. So I'd be comfortable in meeting you uh, and saying maybe putting it right in between Earthworm Jim at number seven and Flashback at number eight. 
All right. That's exactly what I want to do. Be the new number eight slot. That's right. So episode 77, Toe Jam and Earl, is now the new number eight, followed by Flashback, which will be number nine. Uh, Restart, which is, I guess, however we want to just call that game, Restart, Restart, will be your new number 10. So there you go, guys. Sorry, Aladdin. Yeah, sorry. Go play the Super Nintendo version. <laughs> and and I'm sure there, there we've t- said this before, but there will come a time where we might go back and reevaluate the list. Yeah, I, I think that'd be a fun exercise, kind of like I, I'd like to go through here and highlight the ones that I, that I think, eh, maybe not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we can do that in a future episode. So uh, yeah, so we'll lay the gavel down. We're gonna call Toe Jam and Earl Jim, and it is now the new number eight on our lists. Ooh. So what are the top 10? Top 10. Let's recap. So number 10 is Restar. Restar. Number 9, Flashback. Number 8, Toe Jam and Earl. Number 7, Earthworm Jim. Number 6, Rocket Knight Adventures. Number 5, Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Number 4, NBA Jam. Number 3, Sonic the Hedgehog. Number 2, Gunstar Heroes. And number 1, Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. And sorry, when I said top 10, I meant top 73. Okay, so number 73. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. For a full recap, go, yeah, for a full recap, go to genesisgems.com or genesisgemspodcast.com. But, uh, so Aaron, I think we've already agreed what our next game is. We can reveal that here if you'd like to. Um, yeah. We're definitely going to be playing some Turrican, right? Yes. All right. So I, I actually just ordered that game a couple days ago. should be coming in the mail next week. I wanted to get the... Uh, official copy so we'll be uh the official copy not the the repro copy that fixes the health issue yeah that's true too i think uh, well, it's one of those acc- accolade cartridges so that'll be yeah those are always fun to get so hopefully it plays on your sega genesis hopefully maybe it'll play that's on that good. that crappy at games when i got hooked up to my main tv <laughs> <laughs> oh what? man don't torture yourself i'm not gonna lie that's fun to play with the wireless controllers and <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> but uh anyways uh yeah so guys please uh continue to hang along with us we're gonna get some more episodes out uh go check out our patreon we had a pretty big announcement that we're only going to talk about on patreon so if you want to if you want to hear that listen to our latest episode which uh i believe was titled uh night 2019 and game so far michael kelso was on that show so go check that out one dollar one dollar a month that be a deterrent yeah exactly don't let his presence be a hindrance to your uh, donation so we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate all you guys who are donating really do so uh but yeah with that i don't think i have anything else to say so uh you guys have a great night and we'll catch you later. Later, dudes. Later. And dudettes. And dudettes, yeah. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>